Welcome to another episode of The Paragon Path. This is episode 11, The Harassing Assassins. We've got four deadly guests with us today, and they are ready to tell you how to get the best out of your assassin build. When to use your insubstantial states, the best way to use your insubstantial states, as well as options that you didn't think you might have. Stick around, find out, learn, and enjoy the show. <laughs> All right, we are live. We are recording. This is episode 11 of The Paragon Path, The Harassing Assassins. Um... As weird as it sounds, it was really hard to find something that wasn't literally just assassin mixed around that rhymes with assassin. So I went with harassin. Have fun. Um, we've got four guests with us today to talk about the assassin class, which uh, is going to be interesting. We've got a lot of different uh, ages. Well, actually, most people on here have been playing for a little longer. I think I'm the newest of everyone on this, this chat. So... This will, this will be interesting. Um, so starting off, as always, we're going to introduce everyone. So starting at the top, because my camera is what matters, uh, Magnus, introduce yourself, please. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm Sir Magnus Heartseeker out of Polaris. I've uh, been playing Ampguard since 2007. I uh, have a Paragon Assassin and a Paragon Warrior. Um, definitely really big fan of battle gaming. Um that's about all I really have. All right. We're going to move to Morty. Hi, Mordecai, also players, uh, Ethereal Tides. I'm playing since uh, 2012, technically, but I didn't really get serious about the game until about a few years ago. We all get serious in our own times and uh, get unserious at other times. Let's go down to Lily with a bunch of titles or names. Uh, They're not titles, sure. technically, they're just names. <laughs> There's, I don't know. I just let everyone do whatever they want. Uh, Sir Death, Lily, Megatron, Sunshine, Celestial Kingdom, Sword Knight, Guy, the Paragon, and stuff. Uh, I'm okay at this game, I guess. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, he's gone again. All right. Oh, well. We'll bounce um, back in. We'll see how this goes. But, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, I've been here for a few of these, which is awesome. I'm super excited about Assassin specifically. I think we'll have a good time. And I can't wait to dive into all the stuff. Mm -hmm. We're going to hit some controversial topics uh, near the <laughs> end here. So this will be fun. And last but not least, Timmit. Oh, I don't want to bump my camera. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hi, I'm Timmit. Uh, I play out of Polaris, specifically Mystic Dawn, usually. Um, I started the game with Assassin, pretty much. Um, and I guess I got really more into Amped Guard. God, when was the kingdom push? It's been so long. That was like when I came back and actually got a lot more serious. Sixty. I don't know, Jamie. You were Prince. That was like, <laughs> gosh, I was probably is that twenty five? Is that twenty thirteen? That almost that sounds close ish. Somewhere probably in there. Like, yeah, 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 like twenty thirteen around there. I think. Yeah. That's my twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen. Yep. And then twenty thirteen probably makes sense. It's uh yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. So we've got everybody introduced. Well, we're going to start off by making a rubric for what a paragon is. Uh, not specifically assassin, but just what a paragon is, because that is if we're asking like, hey, how do you become a paragon? We got to set some standards because if we don't give you standards and then tell you to find it. I think it's bullshit. You shouldn't do that. Tell your kingdom members what they're looking for to become a paragon. So let's start off with Morty on that one. Start out with me. Yeah, of course. Uh, I think 
uh, a difference between a Paragon and just a level six player? Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, I asked that very question when I was trying to become a Paragon, and I got a lot of different answers. And one of the big ones that I thought made the most sense to me was when somebody thinks of that class, they think of you. And so that really pushed me to do a lot of playing just Assassin. And I don't know, I molded my character into it to a degree where some people thought that my character was the Assassin character only. And so I don't know, it might have backfired on me a little bit. But... <laughs> you <laughs> got to make a I'm new character now. You can't change it now. <laughs> We're going to talk about your uh, your unique um, choices in Assassin later, which will be fun. Um, Timmit, what is your uh, difference between a, a level six and a paragon? Well, primarily understanding which abilities to use when, knowing your abilities in general interactions, and then through that being a great threat on the field for the specific role of the class. Very, very controlled. That is like a textbook definition we should probably put in a rule book somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Works very well. Uh, Jamie, what about you? Uh, was that me? Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I, uh, I'm speaking fast. I got I got distracted and I was like all excited <laughs> about the thing. Um, the, the, that's pretty much perfect. Let me pull open the rule book and just read what it says. Um, no. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, basically, you are undeniably the class in pretty much every way. Look ability knowledge when you go on the field you are impactful and you show everybody essentially that next level of play that we expect from the high level of uh, competitiveness that amp guard can be it's not required obviously but that's generally in my mind what sets everyone apart um lots of people uh have come up and asked what class do i play and i'm like well i play all of them because we can do that it's what we choose to then excel at that really can set us aside and Assassin was a class that I really loved and I still love and I think is fantastic. So that would be what I think uh, Paragon is. I, it's hard to deny that. Uh, Magnus. Yeah, for me, uh, Paragon, uh, one is a lot of us already hit on the same kind of topic of being that that person that is thought of first when you think of, in this case, Assassin. Like, who do you think of first in your kingdom? Who, who do you know is really good at their role? Uh, you need to be a force that's dominant on the battlefield and excel on the battlefield with that class in order to get Paragon. But beyond that, Paragon also does have another, another, I would say, recommendation or requirement even in our rule books, and that is you, you got to do your best to be a pillar of knowledge of the class, mm -hmm. especially to newer players. You've you've got to be that knowledgeable person that if a newbie is going to ask questions, it's like yes, go to this person. Like go to Timmit, go to myself, go to Mordecai, go to go to Lily. Like you, you want to make sure that you are known as somebody that can be approachable and can go to for help, for mm. you know, asking for assistance. Still be a very dominant force on the battlefield, obviously. Uh, but there does come that pillar of knowledge portion that uh, I do think often gets gets missed sometimes, and I think it's also a very important facet of being a paragon. Yeah, definitely teaching um, every. I mean, anybody that'll listen, kind of. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I mean, that that is a huge difference between hitting level six and you know you just say ding, you hit level six, there you go, versus really spending the time to 
get into like all the details of being whichever class you're going for in this case assassin like mm-hmm. there, there's going to be a very big difference of somebody who just hit six versus somebody who's been playing playing assassin for maybe a few years because they just ha- are going to have that skill experience and know what to do when to do it yeah that tactical and strategical experience that you get with i mean there's no real great way to teach it besides just practice for tactics and strategy and knowing how to apply your abilities to those scenarios is always going to be a learned experience that is probably something you're going to be in the thick of it when you figure something out. Um, exactly. And that's something that's going to apply to every class. Yeah. In general, most of our first questions apply to basically everyone, but if somebody only watches one episode, you got the answers. Yay. Um, all right. So now that we thought about what it is to be a Paragon, we're going to go back a little bit to what are three things you guys wish you knew either when you started playing assassin or when you started on your paragon path uh let's start with lily on this one you muting yourself again yeah i was uh pulling up stuff so i didn't have to jump back and forth so i was trying to get set up of course to avoid what i just did there and had to seem silly and then i have fooled Um, you Okay, so now I'm, like, stuck on myself, but that's probably okay. <clears throat> okay, so uh, three things I wish I had known. So when I started playing, we were still playing under the rule set uh, 7v7. Mm-hmm. And I wish I had known that Assassin was ass. <laughs> Assassin. <laughs> if, you, if you were going to start the game and you were brand new, and and basically every kid at that time, I mean, what was hot? Like, it's um, it's ninjas and assassins and naruto and just everything this fan it's just you know this thing that everybody's really into and so they always show up to the game and they're like i want to play an assassin and it was always so devastating to be like it it it's bad go go play barbarian <laughs> barbarian's awesome that's a great place for you to start which is funny how v8 has kind of changed so then i guess that's what i would have wanted to know when i personally had started right away but now in v8 i can definitely say play assassin Oh, that you want to play an assassin? That's fantastic. You get access to fantastic abilities, especially early even, right? Like, just to double check, because it's oh, yeah. been a while since I looked at the levels. You shadow step uh, twice per life, and you've got unlimited assassinate at level one. And if you have looked apart, you can get a poison uh, weapon. So, like, you suddenly have access to a ton of things. You get armor, you can get thrown weapons, you can get long weapons, you get shorts. You have access to tons of things. So it's a phenomenal class to start in, because you have so many options but not too many options where it becomes overly complicated. Like spellcasters could be when you're having to remember how to say a whole bunch of extra stuff. And it's, it's a neat, it's a nice mix of martial and verbal uh, right off the, uh, right off the bat. And I guess the third thing um, is basically if you are going to play assassin and you do have access to all of these things, don't uh, underestimate how powerful throne weapons are. They're very strong, and not enough people use them, especially with V8 and the fact that bounces can count. Um, for people who may be super new, as long as the throwy has stayed in motion, it continues to cause wounds on the things that it hits. So really powerful, especially if you're not necessarily super good at the martial prowess part yet, if you haven't gotten to the fighty skill thing. Thrown weapons, everybody can kind of just, ah, a thing mm-hmm. at somebody, and suddenly gain success over... Uh, other people so that would be the three things i think right away i would have loved to to know the v7 thing doesn't matter now but at least that was my experience when i started i mean it's kind of relevant because we've got v9 in the works so it's coming out sometime 
So we've got to be aware well, of that change coming out, but it's it, it's going to be a bit before that happens. It's wild to think that there is a ton of people who feel that assassin is an underpowered class and deserves oh, more buffs. Yeah, and that is selfishly okay. Sure, buff my class. Uh, <laughs> I'd love to play. We'll give you Gosh, a little strike. How about that? That'll balance things out, right? That'll yeah, make you <laughs> sure. Why not? How many chins can I make on this? Like, that's excellent. Get me more things, please. Like, it, wild, but okay. If that's the, if that's what's going to happen, not okay with it. I mean, you guys have <laughs> one of the only like weird martial balance points that you get small throwies as a balancing measure for you to like boost you up, and I find that. A little weird because you're already pretty powerful if the rules are all followed. Because yeah. if Cursed isn't taken, which we'll talk about later, you guys have one of your largest abilities just falls apart and that's a huge problem. <laughs> but you guys have throwies that you can, like, what is it, Jamie? You talked about carrying around 300 of them in a backpack. Well, so that was, <laughs> that, was that, so that was a meme, right? Or a day of games, I think. Something like that. Basically, um, I made 300 baseball-sized throwies for my team, and this was still when people wanted to talk about open field, and I was very adamant about, well, no, screw that. I made 300 throwies for my team, not for their team. Like, I'm not about to get hit by baseballs all day. I mean, obviously, they're not baseballs. Kids don't use baseballs as throwies. Um, use the underwear of Warlord's pack. <laughs> Ball them up, and then you throw them at Make sure they're never washed. This is very important. Hey, Michael taught me this. This is his fault. And they definitely know that they got hit with greatness. No, I, but uh, but really, no. Yeah, it's it's incredible to see what small thrown weapons can do, especially if they're built optimally. There's plenty of different ways to do it, and I don't want to. We could spend a lot of time just yeah. talking about how to build equipment. So let's not let's not dive into that. But it is a cool thing that assassins get that lets them be unique over a lot of other classes. So mm -hmm. don't be afraid to use them. Tim, it's got little hot. They look like hockey pucks, like street hockey pucks. <laughs> and those things are absolutely wicked. Like you've got a 15 to 20 foot range on those that they're going to hit. You're going to feel it even if you're wearing armor. And that is great. Cause you can carry like 30 of them in a little pouch on the side, like spell ball pouch. You have a throwy pouch and you're just as deadly. It's amazing. Um, it's weird. I'm I'm a little amazed sometimes when people are like, yeah, assassin needs to be buffed. Mm. Just read. <laughs> um, let's go with uh, Timmit. What are three things you wish you knew when you started playing assassin? Oh man. All right. Well, some of them are like interaction abilities. Um, that works. So yeah, one of the key things is well, actually all of them are pretty key things. So coup de gras interaction where let target players wounded and you start it and if, even if they're healed after you start it they still die it's the only spell really that cares at the beginning yep it's just weird it's it's pretty awesome also in conjunction with that specifically doing that sort of a thing to a warrior to stop their true grit so they don't come back oh because it's it's spirit Yep, and then also one of like the key things, especially when you're just, is memorize that charge in cant and utilize it when you're in like shadow step or something like that. Because if you're just chilling in shadow step because you just did something and you don't have like any immediate threats to just pull you out of it, you're pretty much safe from most things in the game. Mm -hmm. So just using that to quick 
charge your poison so then you can just get back and just hit someone in like the arm or their leg where or where they're not armored in a limb and then just wounds kill assassinate just keeping that up is just really important also yeah. bounces count but that's like a that that's that's a throwy projectile mechanical yeah. <laughs> thing people got to remember yeah but uh that charging can't i mean you're insubstantial you're, you're right you're mm -hmm. you're immune to most of the game just charge stuff because you can still do that and it's I mean, it's basically free time to charge. You can still be annoying, and like Morty does, honk his horn and just make people annoyed while still being useful on the field by charging yourself back up and getting, you know, your poisons or whatever back in. Just keep going. It's, yeah, that's one to remember. Uh, Morty, what is uh, three things you wish you knew at the beginning? Well, two of them were already said, but... Uh, uh, just hitting on it again. Power... <clears throat> the power of bounces count is it's fantastic. <laughs> you know, when you're indoors and you can throw things off walls, that's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> um, your assassinate, always, always, always say assassinate. There's no reason not to. And it has a 20-foot range. So with your throwies, why not? Yeah. I don't see, I don't see enough people do that. And then the third one is, I mean, if you read... Your spell list, it's uh, pretty obvious, but the fact that your escapes are ambulant, that yeah. is really nice. So you could be running from somebody and and escape, mm -hmm. and that's that's such a cool little feature. It's I think that's the trickiest part of starting with Assassin, is that you have to learn Extraordinary and Ambulant right off the bat to figure out like what that means, and then adapt how that changes if you go to a different class or if you get to your hold person you're like wait it's magical so now all of those things i've been doing before i can't do i have to have an open hand i have to stop all this other stuff that's the only like tricky thing i find with assassin but it is i mean you guys got probably more extraordinary things maybe uh, i think you have the second most extraordinary things because i think scout beats you by one yeah, Scout beats you guys by one. Assassin has four, it looks like. One, yeah. two, three, four. Yeah, and Scout's got five. They've only got one thing that's not extraordinary. But, yeah. Ambulant on Shadow Step, Assassinate, Blink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> teleport. Uh, teleport's not. Teleport says just extraordinary. Oh, I thought that's what we were talking about. My bad. No, sorry. It's not ambulant. It is extraordinary. It is extraordinary. It's not ambulant. Um, yeah, right. The teleport one's definitely not. Yeah. There's... Move around. You guys are probably the best, like, mobility class out there. I mean, besides, with blink and teleport, you have two insubstantial movements on top of most of your abilities can be used while moving. So, just keep moving. You have a bunch of your abilities are, are based around being able to do it. Um, finally, Magnus, what are three things you wish you knew at the beginning of either your path or your assassin time? Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to try aiming for a few things that haven't been touched on yet. Cause a lot of them, uh, I will reiterate bounces count. And this is also going to go with, uh, I chose a bit more of a difficult route to try to achieve paragon, which was through mainly bow assassin. Mm -hmm. um, and bow assassin, uh, I'd say it was a little bit more difficult, but, still very enjoyable uh and bounces count with bows uh a good thing to keep in mind is you cannot full draw at a person within 20 feet you can full draw at the ground well well 
You can full yeah. draw the person, you just can't release the arrow. Yes, but you can release it <laughs> at the ground. Yeah, you can. But it and... doesn't stop you from pointing it at their face and drawing all the way back and going, please don't make me. <laughs> okay. The threat. I can't say I've ever done that. But I've you know, full draw at the ground and bounces, and usually it can sneak under a shield. I've had a few good hits like that. Mm-hmm. Um, usually hits on the stomach or, unfortunately, sometimes groin area, but happens uh i wish i knew how powerful that was though because there have been plenty of times where people are running at me in my early times or if i just turned spun and shot the ground i might have gotten away mm-hmm. um i i really can't speak on the throwiest bounces count i suck at throwing things like <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not a good throw at all um i carry like three throwies on me because I, I do archery um so another thing that i wish i knew early on and I mean, this is reading the rules and making sure that things are enunciated correctly is I've seen it on kingdom battlefields. I've seen it on park battlefields, but shadow step is I step into the shadows and poison is I coat these weapons with a deadly poison. And you'll see some people say I step into shadows or <laughs> I coat these weapons with poison yeah, or with, a, or with deadly poison. They skip a, uh, and they'll leave out these minor incantation parts of the incantation, which if you have somebody listening to you or read there, they can call you on that and say, hey, you didn't do the incantation correctly. And now your shadow step is gone. It's funny that you say that because I've had the the similar problem from people, but they always miss I. <laughs> yeah, they that never is the say, most I missed. do this or really? I do that. They miss I every single time. And that's been the problem here. And generally my comment to them is like, hey, don't forget I – that's you still did your thing. That's fine. Just yeah. catch eye next time, you know. But and this is more into the mistake thing, which yeah. I, I would have talked about. Yeah, you got there before me. But it's crazy how much that happens, and it's interesting that you've had people miss other parts of it. Yeah, instead of the eye part. So I that I just had to comment. That's crazy. Well, like yeah, um... for me, it's I'm always here. I step into shadows, or and they skip the yeah. Or with poison, I always hear I coat these weapons with deadly poison, and they skip uh. It's just a con- like it's just a pause basically like you're just uh, it, that's all you need. It doesn't really slow you down that much. No, it really doesn't. The but, Denny talked and about and that's like if you're being very particular too. Like I, similarly, I've heard people say it and then go, "Hey, it's it's this next time, do it that way." Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, it's all kind of preference on what you're doing. Like in in a high competition game like Phoenix League, call people on that, please. If it's something more like a park day, just correct them and let them go. Like, I think we're if we're making people follow our rules to the point that it's no longer fun, we've failed on some level. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, absolutely. We have plenty of people that have speech issues or mm-hmm. other things like that. And I'm not going to – I'm just not holding them to the same standard. I might use it as a teachable moment and encourage them to do the best that they can, but they're still doing the best that they can. And that should be good enough. We're, we're human. Yeah. We're not computers. Yeah. This is people are going to mess it up a little bit. You know, I mean, there's been, uh, there's one time that always sticks out in my mind of someone messing up an incant and it wasn't just messing up an incant. It was completely forgetting the heal incant. So instead they just decided to hug their friend and say druid heal for a minute and a half. And that, that's what they used to heal. And I was like, that is the longest heal in the history of the world. I don't care. That's probably worth it. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I can tell you the healing can't, but that was that was the stupidest time frame I've ever seen for a heal. Hey, if it works, it works. I mean, um, <laughs> sure. And then third thing, uh, I'm just going to touch on it very lightly here because I have a feeling it's going to end up in the hot takes session of this of this as well. Uh, you get two points of armor when you start. It's not worth it because magic armor exists in this game. And in its I current form. That. Yes, it, it, I'm, I'm talking about rules as written right now. Right, because there's a there's a proposal to change mend, which will really, really oh, weaken magic armor. I, I, I'm speaking of it as it is right now. Yeah. I mean, as it is right now, it's almost not worth having less than three points. Like, if you have three or less points, almost up to four, just get magic armor. There's enough of it on the field. Yeah. It's it's almost always ancestral. It's mendable. It's gapless. It weighs nothing. There's a lot of reasons to wear magic armor instead of physical armor, which, A, costs money, is heavy, is has gaps. It, it, we've got to fix that balance someplace. But I want to look cool. Okay. Look cool. Look cool. Do that. That's Take, what the armor's for. Is it? Is that what it's for? I think it cooler well, armor then. Well, if we're talking, okay. So, but this is this is important about on the, um, since it's a paragon thing. If yeah. you are striving to look like the thing that you're doing, and this yes. was a big part of how I got mine, it was I never took magical enchantments of the armor variety, and I dressed in a fashion that was almost not memorable. Um, I rolled around essentially as a peasant farmer and role played it in such a way on many occasions in many kingdoms where I wore a very torn and battered blue gambeson with a patchwork leather cloak. Okay, big, like covers my chest all the way down to my, uh, the back goes all the way down to my feet, big leather hood, um, wore a face mask and helmet to cover myself there, cover my identity, and um, hidden weapons on my person along with doing whatever. So then when I would go play battle games, I if I went insubstantial, I had gone out of my way to break off branches from bushes to hide behind a bush and tell people <laughs> they can't see me, I am a bush, insubstantial. <laughs> And hide behind this thing, and they would be like tracking, 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 going, I'm a bush, leave me alone. Uh, I vanished from sight. And I would run away in my bush. <laughs> and I'm wearing armor, and I would wear leather, and I would hide it under, again, patchwork stuff or torn garb. And I would, uh, you know, sometimes I use those branches as well to brush, to, to sweep and to farm in the wilderness as part of what I was doing. So, yeah, you can magical armor and you can do that, but you're missing an extremely important part of what I think is important for amp garden the way that we can role play and the way that you push for paragon and looking this way that's great that you're competitive and you take magic armor but like i i, I do have a uh a rebuttal to this um yeah by all means man. Yeah, it, so the reason why i prefer the magic armor to fitting assassin is for me going assassin uh there there are two ways that i kind of played one was to look just like the average like you look like an average person an average person isn't going to be wearing armor. That's that's how I see it. Like they won't have armor on, they won't have whatever on. They're they're gonna be a person and you know, like still wear amp guard garb. But I mean this, they, they would be wearing, you know, standard amp guard apparel. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, when I went to like go into murder mode or whatever, I would if I if I knew there was a forest, I would have a ghillie suit. That ghillie suit. And I tried a ghillie suit with armor before I had a gambeson underneath and that got unbearably hot. 
like unbearably like awful. I mean, it was a hot day too, but with that, ghillie suit is still zero points of armor on its own. But should have fought for synthetic I... one point somehow. <laughs> <laughs> pity point. I'm a bush dude. Pity, pity point. Come on. But but with a ghillie suit with that, I mean, that's another way that you can portray assassin without having points of armor or looking like the average everyday person without armor on, I think is a good way to be like blending in with crowds or doing, you know, being a little bit more, in my opinion, stealth and undercover as well. So that's, that's why that's cool, another re- way that you can cool. opt for it. But I, cool. I don't think either of us are wrong. I think your way is perfectly passable as well. Um, I mean, there's... And then the, the last one was when I did my very bad mock-up of... Uh, interpreting myself as looking like Broton by getting garb that looked like Broton <laughs> and getting getting a sash made that looked like his sash, getting all of that, and then going into the dungeon where he was playing with that and just going like, you're the false one and <laughs> using a disguise, if you will. I mean, that's a way to do it. If you got someone that dresses memorable and it's easy to copy, that it's pretty entertaining in my opinion. <laughs> Plus, it's just more things to make. Like if if you're gonna if you're gonna be a paragon, there's a lot of times that you either have to purchase or make or or somehow fabricate some of this stuff to look like the way you want to look. Um, especially if you've got a a mindset of I want to look like Naruto or I want to look like uh, somebody else. I don't know. You have to kind of fabricate that stuff to fit you and get it to yeah. work within our game because most cosplay things that you get even if you're like i'm gonna be naruto most of those won't hold up in our in our level of stress and conflict and garb rubbing constantly and just running through the woods um so dressing dressing the part is still a big point and the armor does help i mean our physical armor has got the the benefit that beats magic armor over and over again is every time you respawn it comes back with you at full points it's all fixed up it's ready to go that's a pretty big benefit um, but it, it kind of depends on, on what's allowed, what's not allowed. If this mend change goes through, how that'll affect it. And we'll, we'll see how the balance point of magic armor versus physical armor is in the future, in the near future, uh, two months. Yeah. Two months. And then, um, we'll have to move on from there, I guess. All right. So we've got, everyone's got three things. So let's go to some common mistakes to avoid. Let's start with Timmit. Uh, not using assassinate. Yeah, like, like if you point. don't use assassinate, like it's just bad for the class. Um, not saying bounces count on a regular basis with throwing weapons. Mm-hmm. So you got to remind people the rules, and uh, like some other people have said here, um, with just like missing some incant thing. One thing I've noticed people miss a lot is, um, not saying I return to the physical world specifically. Some people might say, like, I return to the material world or something like that. Yeah. But if you don't say that, like, you're not leaving insubstantial. It's in the rule book. Yeah. I think material. But what if you're a material girl and a material <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've heard some other things, but. Jamie. Like. <laughs> if you dress up like a Barbie and then use material girl, I will let you come out that way. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm getting at. If I dress up in drag and I hide that my identity, I've done this. I've done this so many times now. Not the drag thing. Well, maybe you never know. You never know what you're doing. I, I, more stories. 
God, I want more stories. I've got assassin stories. I don't want to, Tim, keep going. It'll be my turn eventually. I'll tell my assassin story for you. <laughs> but yeah, uh, those are like some of the main items. Like, if you're not using assassinate, like, as it's been said before, it, it's a free ability. You can use it any time that you kill someone. Like, you're cursing someone. It takes a lot more to get them back into the game. As long as, of course, they take it. But We'll talk about uh, that later, but yeah. Yeah, I know. And then bounces count. Like, it's always... It's been said. Like, you have throwing weapons. You can make them to bounce better. Mm-hmm. Um, certain projectiles will do that. But just making sure people think about that. Because it's really easy to potentially miss something actually coming in contact with you. Not necessarily feeling it. Um, and then if someone is reminded that that's a rule then they might start thinking about that having hit them. And you're not saying that you hit them. You're just saying that that's a rule and it could have potentially hit them just to remind people. And it's fun to say. I mean, at at least it could throw off their footwork a little bit. If you're throwing stuff Mm -hmm. near their feet, they go to look down to make sure that bounce doesn't hit them. They move their feet. They might get off their stride. Somebody might get a chance to strike them. Opportunities. Or Um, spellcasting, you interrupt the spellcast. Yeah, it's yep. that's that's fun. <laughs> Crossbows. Yeah. <laughs> Crossbows. <laughs> I mean, so Assassin is one of the ones that crossbow works probably the best. Probably with. the best. Yeah, especially the yeah. little one hand crossbows. If you've got a lanyard or something on that, you can just like run in, shoot somebody if you need to drop it. It hits your hip, pull out another sword or just like start reloading or whatever. Or grab out another another weapon. You've got options. Um, but I guess that's technically could be used in another section here. <laughs> a lot of this is um, going to overlap. It's a, yeah. it's a, it, a lot of the melee classes aren't as complex, initially complex. They're much mm-hmm. more complex when you start getting deep into what they can do. Like the magic classes look surface level complex, but a lot of them do the same stuff. If you look at the melee classes, they surface level look very simple, but once you start diving into what they can and can't do and where they really excel, they start getting really complicated really fast because their interactions and combos and you it's a it's a whole different ball game. Um, um yeah. I have another thing. Yeah. Also utilizing insub just and not really having a purpose for it. Cause you'll see people on the field that will just go in sub in a place where there's not really any threat to them and they just stand there for like most of the game like if you don't have like a purpose per se i'd say that that's kind of a mistake that someone might use Mm -hmm. to know necessarily when to leave an insubstantial state because you can also leave your own insubstantial state it's one of also like the few classes that does that Mm -hmm. aside from you know a spell caster teleporting right that just makes it I mean, it's a tactical strategic ability. Yeah. You've got to use it where it's useful. If you're just standing off on the side, insubstantial. I mean, I guess in a life pool game, if you're trying to just not affect your team, but then you're also but, not helping. And then a lot of, and then it's also in the rule, like if you're unnecessarily extending a game by just chilling in a right. state that they might not be able to take you out of, then the game can just be ended and or a reef could just call you dead or something. So mm-hmm. at that point in time, you're just wasting the use of it and not really having any benefit to your team or anything, Yeah. which I, something that you can see, especially with newer assassins. 
I mean, it's fun to just go in substantial. Yeah, it is. You're just like, like, I'm invisible. Not quite, but like, kind of. I can be seen and heard, but you can't really affect me in most scenarios. It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fun at the early stages. Then you start getting deeper in and you're you're realizing like, okay, you got to use it for something. I mean, you guys have a ton of them, though. So wasting one doesn't seem like that big of a deal when you have, what, five? Two blinks. You have two of each. Oh, my God. And then if you have um, the Cloak of Enigmas, cloak of, yeah, that one, then you just double it, which is Assassin's the best class for that. But I guess that's another thing to talk about. <laughs> that was designed for an Assassin to pick and be like, well, yep. I'm going to go run people <laughs> over. It's the best. So much fun. Dear God. Um, I'll have to do an episode later of like, if there's relics in your kingdom, go get these ones. Because like... Nuncian staff is really useless for anybody besides casters because it literally just gives you a casting point. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, Magnus, what are uh, some common mistakes? You're muted. Charlie, we all can't right. hear you. There you go. Yep, nope. I got it. Sorry <laughs> about that. I, uh, I did a self-mute. So common mistakes to avoid for me... Uh, I think some of them, I, I think Timmit got a good amount of them already um, of always stating things. Um, but I think a big common mistake that I normally see, and one ones that I did, is uh, assassinate is immediately upon killing a victim. Mm-hmm. Immediately. Um, so if you forget to say it and, you know, four or five, six seconds go by and you go, Hey, whatever, assassinate. Eh, probably not. If you get behind enemy lines and you, you know, kill two people in quick succession of each other, two or even three, and you yell, "Hey, assassinate, assassinate," that's probably a little bit more passable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that for me is the big thing of it. A mistake that I see sometimes is where people do forget it and then they try to call it out way too late in the game, and it's like, well, no, if yeah. you lost it, move on. I think that's. The biggest one that I especially see for new players. Um, another one that I do see uh, newer assassins it, use is with blink. Um, you say I vanished from sight. You could get a 50-foot radius to work with, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that very last line of caster may not end state within 10 feet of a living enemy. That right there is... Uh, it is a very important thing to remember. I've seen a few people try to blink out. Um, I've seen a little bit at Arg level. I don't think I've seen it too much at a kingdom level. Uh, but I've seen enough that I think it's worth stating, again, to always make sure that you are outside of 10 feet. Uh, a good counterplay to somebody doing blink is is to follow them. Yeah, puppy guys. Yeah. It, it sucks when you're the person in it, but it's, it is a, a tactic that can be used against you and to and to be aware of. It was uh, literally pointed out to me last episode that if you're a scout because your tracking is rechargeable and you see one of your assassin friends being puppy guarded, just track them out of the state. Yeah. It works. It pulls them out. Now they're not stuck. That's that is a good that that can be a pretty good move. If you time that right with the assassin, then mm-hmm. the person that's puppy guarding is probably going going to get hit for it and probably die for it. Uh so that that's a you know mistake 
I don't really call it a mistake. I mean, coming out of it within 10 feet, but I do see people get caught in that puppy guarding scenario when they're first learning assassin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kind of just know, know the timing on when to use your abilities and the right time and place to use it. Mm-hmm. Like, am I in a position where I can shadow step? Like, am I close enough to allies or if I shadow step? Shadow, no, oh my God, words. Shadow <laughs> step, uh, because you can't move when you're in shadow step. Yep. Or is this a moment where I need to blink? Or do I have time to do a full-on teleport? Because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's a times five, not not a times one like all the others. You, mm-hmm. you got to keep at it. Um, so I think uh, a mistake that I see is using incorrect timing with all of your mobility uh, spells and cans altogether, really. And that's just something that will come in time, and you're going to make mistakes along the way before you learn how exactly and when exactly to use the right one. Yeah. But once you do, uh, that's where where you can start to become much more of a threat on the field. Oh, yeah. Uh, Morty, what are some common mistakes? Well, once again, they've already been discussed. I wrote everything down because I forget. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> But uh, a big one, Magnus was mentioning earlier about making sure you use the right incant. Uh, but, you know, over here on our in our area, it's a lot more of them forgetting to say the I part, the I bet, or mm-hmm. I step. And I don't know how many times I've heard stepping in the shadows. Yeah, Still kill them anyways. And then um, this kind of goes and ties into the way that I played the class. But somebody told me a while back ago that you're not a ninja. You can still be seen and heard. Mm-hmm. So make the best of it. Um, you know, and so that's kind of why I just make a lot of noise, you know, I'm <laughs> over here honking my horn or just screaming something out and you've got three of the, my, you know, there's three opponents paying attention to me. Yeah. You know, that I like that. So I don't know if that's a, a mistake or not, but, uh, the big ones I just wanted to, to mention were just making sure that you're saying the right incants. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything new to say. Tim had pretty much hit that one to Magnus earlier. All right, then, uh, Jamie, you got any more to finish up? Oh, Jamie has lots. Uh, no, I mean, <laughs> that's the thing is that we're talking about like the most common mistakes and stuff that we see, and everybody's basically hit them not using assassinate enough mm-hmm. or uh, not having it be taken by people. I mean, that's a mistake on both sides of that. I generally say assassinate and you are cursed. Right. And then that's that's enough. It's quick enough where I don't feel like I'm wasting too much time over explaining the ability. They just go, oh, cursed, cool. And then mm-hmm. they, you know, it's just like that keyword that triggers the, I now realize that I am cursed. If they've been playing long enough to understand what the cursed uh, ability even does. Mm-hmm. If they're super new and they're like, oh, what does that do? Then I now can get into a dialogue and explain it to them. And that's just a way to get around missing your assassinate. And I over explain this some, um, even if I'm trying to be fast, because it's really important that it goes off that you if you got assassinate off you you really want this especially for games where being able to easily be resurrected you want to make that as challenging as possible if, if that's the factor for like winning or losing like uh, kill count games mm-hmm. for example oh yeah um the the shadow step and blink goof ups are the same i mean right everybody has that um i hear i return to the physical realm all the time i uh, so much so that i used it when i was I think champion last or something, uh, or maybe it was a, 
I, know, I had to do a reefs test for for people uh, or no maybe i was just helping with the reefs test whatever i was like just add that seriously what's the incant for coming out of insubstantial and put in like four options one of them is physical realm and like a tremendous i don't have the math it's been it's been a couple of years now but it was a ton of people or that would be the only one they got <laughs> wrong on the whole test is like okay so that's that's pretty common um just remembering that you can go through walls and stuff oh with yeah your going over uh terrain effects if your parks play with that and i think that just comes from this it's a common mistake because not enough people are playing with cool terrain or using terrain effects so the mm -hmm. game designers are missing some neat things we just kind of you know people throw a game together because the people that generally end up running games all the time can get burned out and then someone else does it and they're mm -hmm. maybe not as experienced or, or they're just like okay well screw it we need something so you know missing that they can do this is pretty cool um uh yeah i mean otherwise we, we basically hit all the, the common stuff i said i would tell a story so i'm going to tell a story real mm -hmm. quick um and maybe two stories this first one's actually fast so the last thing that we were at uh well, basically, big event was the last Spring War, uh, the last event of AmpGuard before mm -hmm. COVID. Um, and I, because I was getting knighted at that event, I was the game objective for one of the games. Um, I said yes, because being a good sport. Um, and the goal was to kill me as many times as they could or something, or something, something of that nature, or just like they had to get X amount of kills to end the game mm -hmm. by killing me. Yeah. Well, Assassin's incredibly powerful for not getting killed. Um just the ability to use all of these abilities to avoid things is great. But what I did is because Tiberius came, uh, my squire, for the people who don't know, I dressed him up to look like me playing assassin. So I put him in my gambeson, I put him in my cloak, I gave him my sash, I gave him my weapons, I gave him my uh, my mask, I gave him absolutely all of my stuff. I then dressed as a super buff pirate with a big old bushy beard and a big black wig and a pirate hat and my buff suit and a whole bunch of things. I mean, I was running around looking like a pirate. Uh, it was great. It was ridiculous. So, <laughs> so, so another example, because uh, this is from the earlier comments about like what you can do for some of this. I game plan to have a decoy to then hide myself in the game that we were playing, and I didn't bother to tell the game designer that I was going to do this. <laughs> and then I showed up late to the start of the game, which is the extra, like the extra best part of this thing. Um, so that's the simple uh, part of that story. And then the bow thing, Charlie, I want uh, just a comment, a crossbows, and this is for Tim. Um, I got onto the crossbows because Tim was using them so much. Uh, Tim, it, sorry, I'll make sure. Uh, but enough so where uh, he used them so much that they looked like a blast and who doesn't want to, you know, so I started blasting, you know, pow, pow, pow. Uh, I was running around without uh, bolts in my crossbow. And I would point at people and I would scream at them, oh, Jesus Christ, don't make me shoot you! And I'd be like a foot away from them and they'd just cower and they could hit me. I had no sword, I didn't have any armor, I just had this crossbow and I'm pointing it at them with nothing in it. People freaked out. <laughs> Crossbows pointing at their face. I mean, it's cocked, sure, but I'm not going to dry fire, whatever. They, they don't know. And there's, there's pictures of this and it basically goes step by step by step of me <sighs> at the person and going, ah! and then just kind of like walking around to get the objective or whatever just crossbows are awesome so assassins can do really cool things damn it and that's my my two little stories i summed them up very quickly but yeah nothing else on common mistakes we've hit pretty much everything yeah. i mean the the archers talked about just having an arrow and a bow is sometimes just like a radius shove no one wants to get close to you 
it's the same thing with a with with a crossbow at the same like if they don't know it's not loaded or they aren't paying attention most people don't want to get shot they just don't like no it sucks <laughs> it, it's never fun to get shot well amp guard arrows are a little mean yeah um, can be they can be they can be and <laughs> they they definitely can uh, the same thing applies to uh bell and dag if you're shooting actually culturally archers are looked down upon quite a bit whereas for our game uh it's generally pole arms on the field right like yep. that's just kind of interesting mm-hmm. uh culture shift and when i go in cross game with them i just pretty much primarily shoot i mean i'll go spar and fight but like in their games it's awesome you just you I mean, it's not an assassin thing but you point an arrow at people and you can shoot them in the face so they're just like Gah! and they cower <laughs> extra hard if they're not wearing a helmet and stuff like that so it's <laughs> what a cool translation from if you were shooting in this game to go over there and then shoot people in the head. It's, it's very fun. I just love the idea of running around with a hand crossbow, like prove that it shoots once or twice, but then just never load it and just like point it at somebody, wait for them to cower, smack them, assassinate, walk away. It's pretty mean. There's that also number... good. Go ahead, Tim. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, cause how the crossbow rules are, there isn't a minimum uh, distance for them either. Cause there's no mm-hmm. half draw. So they're, they're, um draw um poundage is calculated into the fact that there's no half draw that you can do with them Mm -hmm. so as long as the bolt can leave you can shoot them at literally point blank i would be very (laughs) hesitant to do it at like (laughs) when you can like in certain situations like you need to make sure you're not hitting someone in like the throat um (laughs) because that's not legal and that's not that nobody's gonna have a fun time when that has happened and i have seen that happen and it's it it wasn't me firing it if someone else but oh, be very careful if you do that <laughs> it's super dangerous we had a guy um end up with uh like a broken blood vessel on his eye from getting shot by not my crossbow not my arrows i got blamed for it i was not involved i just happened to be there but it was none of my stuff okay <laughs> none of it i was not i was not the shooter i didn't take this guy out no jfk stuff but he uh he took it to the eye which sucks but the amount of times that people they don't respect the crossbow they just like walk up on you they're willing to be right here and i'm like please don't make me shoot you this close i don't want to do it but i will go away and they're like i'm gonna get you i'm like no you're not and i bam and blast them and i'm like why why did you make me do this to you <laughs> um, i tried to warn you and then just, oh, you're talking castlemania for a second uh, <laughs> somebody popped their eye no no this is this is a well i mean i'm sure it's happened again crazy stuff with archery and mm-hmm and arrows and everything but now this is this was at a uh, trader's gate one of the players uh got popped by her <laughs> uh one other thing i would say especially about crossbows which i guess could be potentially like a mistake to avoid if you mm-hmm. do utilize a crossbow is commonly with amp guard arrows they have a bounce so even though they bounce down off the ground and can hit targets they can bounce back at you and having like the back of a crossbow bolt oh. or even like the fletchings bounce back towards you. And if you're not wearing armor or like chainmail or something with like the rings to like do that, like it's not a pleasant experience. Also, if for some reason the head comes around and hits you, then you're still dead if you don't have armor. Another we positive would... for wearing physical armor, I see. Yeah, yeah, yep. they... <laughs> but, yeah. also protects you I... against not strike legal stuff. Yeah, also, like, if you don't want to wear, like, a face mask, just having, like, nice glasses, you can get them pretty inexpensive that are, like, impact-resistant, so you can avoid um, getting hit in the eyes with things like that and actually having damage dealt. Mm-hmm. 
physically. Um, but yeah. It's, I mean, archery is probably the most dangerous part of our game just because it's a, a stick being launched at velocity and it's not a small velocity and only one section of it is padded and the rest of it is still a stick. So, yeah. Yeah. Just for the sake of argument, I think it still probably pulls only because they are more commonplace on the field, right? Oh, so they get yeah. more field time I... because they get more field time, you get more injuries versus right. archery, which isn't, you know, but that'd be otherwise. I agree with you 150%. Arrows are the most dangerous thing that we do. They just see less field time. Yeah. They should definitely be checked more. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Check your arrows. Like, Every day. Don't don't put your Every fingers day. into the arrowhead. Definitely do it like with a palm, but like definitely make sure you're putting. Like shit. don't if they, like if they want to do this and they can still get to core and that's they don't true. Get to core, I, I still want it gone. Holy crap! That's arrows true. Yeah, like, but you don't want to just like no, don't damage their yeah. equipment, of course. But like that's what I was getting at. Yeah. If you build it right, them doing this doesn't yeah. get to anything, anyways. So mm-hmm. like, and then making sure, making yeah. sure that the head doesn't shift a little <laughs> bit. That's very important because on impact, if it does shift, just doing that, it's going to flex. And then you have like the core with your blunt going at an angle where it's not supposed to. And depending on how you stabilize that, that's just uh also feel like it flips the tail up more often. It just bends yeah. whop. Yeah. Some with the, the shaft. But that's and, yeah. make safe projectiles. <laughs> we'll talk about that at a future point. We'll we'll have to get just like a whole thing of just like, hey, this is a safe arrow. Here's a bunch of them that aren't. Throw them off the field. <laughs> uh sorry. Yeah, tangent, uh, but it's very important. It is very especially important. Especially the projectile heavy class. Yeah. Well, I mean, you guys have bows, which also incorporates cr- uh, crossbows. You've got light throwies, heavy thrown. Um, you can't use the javelins, and you can't use rocks or spell balls. <laughs> but like, you've got four out of the seven. Like if, we're, if crossbows and bows are different, I guess there's one other mistake that someone could potentially do that's technically weapon construction related, but would be more affected by the assassin class. Mm-hmm. The fact that there's the, uh, I believe it's the six inch to nine inch um, gap between the heavy and light throne that a projectile in that range is not technically legal because it's not within the oh. um, the size requirements. Yeah. Um, for them be, to make the distinction between the light and heavy throne, so. Definitely make sure that your heavy thrown are in that category and light thrown are in that specific category. Right. I'm not sure anybody even checks. Like I, I would error to say that I don't think anybody even remembers that that's part of the the rules. Like I now that you see bring it up, I remember. I just never, it's never come up. I basically don't ever think about it. But I don't no. make you know it's either yeah. ridiculously big or I'm making baseballs. Like I, yeah. But that's an interesting, uh, <laughs> interesting comment, Tim. Very yep. cool. Yeah. Make your stuff legal. Check the book. So basically, the first section of this entire podcast has been, just read the book. Please. It's there for you. And um, subsection's huge. Important, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so we've talked about this a little bit. We've been, like, brushing on it, but not quite talking about it. Where does Assassin fit on the battlefield roles, positioning, meta, and how does that change the size of the field? So, like, a small field of... Uh, 20 or less uh, a medium field of like 40 or less and then large fields we're talking kingdom inner kingdom uh, fields so um, Mordecai where where do you see assassin fitting on the battlefield I think that well what's the uh, I can't think of what the term is right now 
You're not going to be the main person doing the objective, but you're not going to be hiding in the background either. You're in the middle doing everything else, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, um, I play an insurgent role. I, Mm -hmm. I like to just cause as much chaos as possible, get everybody in the middle part of the game, where it's probably arguably the most of the action is happening, right? Kind of in the center of mm-hmm. the play area. And, you know, if I can if I can get three people looking at me, then that's three less people that's able to do the objective. Yeah. So that's that's where I feel uh assassins are best played. I mean, I think they could do well depending on what you're doing but you know in a bigger game too uh because you have those sneaky abilities you're going to be able to uh teleport farther away you're going to be able to you know do various things in that in that regard but i would still say in the middle still be where i would want to stay for the most part you know i'm being a bigger guy too i'm not usually going to run for the objective you know i'm going to kind of stay in the middle or in the background And you have a very uh, interesting particular style that I know uh, firsthand is very annoying. And you really have to make that decision of like, all right, how many people are we uh, putting on this person that is a danger? We know they're dangerous, but we don't want to take too many people away from the front line or away from the objective because it's one person. Like if we start putting too many resources to one person, that person is winning because they've taken our resources away from where they need to go. And just making us less effective. So the uh, magnet. Go ahead, keep you finish. No, that was it. That was the end of my statement. Oh, okay. <laughs> Magnus mentioned earlier about um, when you're blinking, that you know someone might stay on you, you know, so that you can't come out of it. And again, I feel like okay, well, that's one less person that can go do the objective. Right. It doesn't it... bother me at all. If, yeah. if you're making that as like, it depends who's like sitting on you too. Like if for some reason a warlord is sitting on you when you're just like jogging around as an assassin and blink, unless you're also a warlord, that's probably a better trade. Like, yeah, if I was running I around mean, and Jamie was following me, I'd say that was a win. <laughs> I would take that and be like, cool. He's not killing my friends. Yeah. I get all that. Yeah, I'm clearly a threat. If, if you don't have, you know, if you have someone that is a higher grade than me, yeah, I guess that's the, you know, that's the other part of it, though, is if, you know, there's a person who's only been playing the game for a week or two that's staying on you. Well, I guess they kind of figured that one out, didn't they? <laughs> I, I mean, at that point, they, they really got that tactic down. They're like, I know I can't swing stick as well as the rest of them, but I can puppy dog that assassin and make him useless for like 10 minutes. Awesome. But that's why you have a bard or a scout friend to get you out, right? Yeah, you got to get someone with release, G-release something pull you out tracking god tracking i only ever sit on the uh insubstantial person if they're like my friend and my team is already <laughs> winning pretty heavily because i'll just take it as a breather to hang out and be like so how about that uh, battle game <laughs> <laughs> because at that point, my team's already doing their job and the person's decent enough right like where mm-hmm. they could be impactful and shift this you know cool but otherwise i'm just like yeah hi hanging out but assuming that my team is doing well if they're not doing well then i'll go do other stuff and help but right. that's my only cop to, to that be efficient have fun be efficient um 
uh, Magnus, what are some uh, positions on the battlefield? All right. Uh, so I did mostly as, you know, archery, bow assassin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say, like, you can be a bit more in the back. Uh, I When I do use a bow, I still kind of like to be a little bit closer to the front. Reason why is you can still, you know, pull off arrow shots, hit people, and then call assassinate if you're within 20. Uh, with that, though, you're also having the half draw, but what you can do is you can full draw at like 22 feet, step in so that you're within 20 feet after that full draw and still get an assassinate uh, because the arrow hasn't struck them yet. Uh, or so you can do like get, a little forward step. You can get a bard to give you extension through amplification, which is my favorite stupid cheese I've found so far. <laughs> uh, so, so there is that. Um, so you can play a bit more you know, in the back as an archer or, you know, hitting flanks, getting people like that. Uh, the way that I like to do archer as well is to sometimes go on to like the far left, far right, and, you know, throw pot shots in at people, get noticed that way. Uh, I've gotten a few people, I've tagged a few people that way. Um, a good kind of tactic, and this is why I use sometimes like when I'm switching from being, you know, ranged going into more of a melee setting is, it's either after I fired my arrows or, or something like that. I'll casually walk around, picking up arrows. I don't have a sword above my head. I, I'm still very much alive and in the game. And you start picking up arrows and you start walking past people. I've, I actually have done it at like Mames. I've done it at, at Keep. I did it at uh, Castlemania, where you, you just walk around grabbing gear you look like a dude picking things up and then when you see an objective or a person you can drop those arrows and kill them and then continue on your way collecting arrows if nobody saw you <laughs> um Works. so that's not kind of like like i think assassin does have a few different areas on the field and metas that can play you can play as a flanker you can get behind enemy lines and rush for objectives um i'd say that you wouldn't really be directly in the front like i would not expect to see an assassin near a shield wall whatsoever or they if they are the shield. shield wall, they're behind the enemy shield wall. <laughs> <laughs> Boop. Um, but even then, they should be hitting like the spellcasters back there first. But that's mm. kind of where I see assassins falling in. I mean, it is part of the the feature. You don't have a shield. You do have throwies, and yep. uh, throwies on a front line have always been interesting to me because they're they're either really useful or really useless depending on how thick their shield wall is. Cause if it's only like kind of a weak shield wall, throwies can find those little holes and just pick people off left and right. Like a pole arm kind of does. Um, but if they've got a real good shield wall, now you're just throwing balls at a wall and you're just bouncing them off. So yeah, there's different opportunities everywhere. Uh, Jamie, where are some, uh, spots the assassin fits on the battlefield yeah this okay so it's a little different than um than these guys but it's part of the cool part of the the class is that in my opinion you're the hero damn it <laughs> whenever you want to be if you want to be the hero you're the hero you have all of the cool kit to go and do what needs to be done if you want the objective i can just go get the objective who's gonna stop me i have all the travel powers in the in the world uh, whatever I got to do, I get outnumbered. Cool. I can teleport away. Uh, oh no. It's like a couple of guys. Basically nobody plays scout cause scouts bad. So like, it's never a problem. Mm -hmm. And half the time the people that do play scout, no offense, sorry to all you 
they're not super great. So they will track me out and save me the effort. And I get to murder people because they do it when they're like, teammates have walked past me. They're like, oh, I can't deal with this assassin. So I'm just going to walk on by him. I get tracked out. And I'm like, sweet. I didn't have to say a word. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> and then I just sprint off or gallop away, which is excellently funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it can do all of that, man. It's a hit and run specialist. It's a front, it's frontline feasible. It just depends on what you want to do. Again, the projectiles can be really strong. You can be shooting in the mix, which is a lot of fun to just be in the line and kind of weaving around and shooting people. If you ever get in trouble, you can just leave. It's not a big deal. Your line breaks. You can just leave, you know, whatever, who cares? Mm. Like you have all the options in the world. Um, and this is for, again, more like uh, some of this applies to small games all applies to large games you can do whatever you want uh biggest difference between small and large for me is what i bring for the kit the kit can be so strong that you can ruin somebody or many people's day by playing the class very uh efficiently and small games uh it's just it's too strong so my go-to a lot of the time might be i wear my leather cape Mm -hmm. and run around (laughs) with like six throwies and a single sword and I'm just like the cape is purely to goof around, it's unrequired. Or I might do offhand single sword and some throwies just to keep the the strength of the class down. Hmm. Um, I'm still gonna get away. Like, oh, they're casting at me. I don't care. Insubstantial. See ya. You know, whatever. It's just tons and tons of options. Um, oh, gosh, we I could touch in depth on a lot of this. Uh, I'll I'll say one that's interesting because I don't want to cover too much in this. Oh, actually, I really do want to cover a lot in this. Um, <laughs> but the front line. Uh, kind of feasible thing or hit and run specialist. Uh, to me, what that ends up turning into is the same idea with um, wherever I want to go, I can go. If there's an objective, I can go get it. Cool. Mm-hmm. But if my goal is to worry about the objective, other people would say are doing it, and I want to hit this front line pretty hard, it is really, really fun to start working the flank, get some kills or frustrate the people because they can't get you anyways. You have lots of insubstantials, but you make sure you save at least a blink then go get to the flank, hit the flank, pop, 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 and you insubstantial yourself with blink, and then just walk back to the other side of the flank, which is your teammates, and come out of insubstantial. Then, if you want, teleport yourself behind them again, hit them again, blink yourself again, go back to your teammates. And repeat this process until you're basically out of your abilities, and then get someone to give them back, or just take a death, get them back, and repeat this process. You will net... I probably net, if I really work in this, five or ten kills every single time of every instance of my ability to use blink or teleport. So That's I will get, I, it's, I mean, I mean, again, big games, like if we're at a spring war, if we're at keep or whatever, it is so stupid strong. But as soon as they start to swing at you, just go unsubstantial and leave. If, if you want, I wear armor. I'm in a, in a kingdom event, so I'm kitted out, so I can take a few hits. But like, whatever, you know, like if I don't mm-hmm. want to die or you know, risk getting wounded, I mean, I have my teammates there, but you just pop on the other side of the line. Usually these line fights are only about 10 feet apart maximum anyways. So you're going to get your 50 feet. You're going to go back there. You can come out. They're not going to chase you through that line. If they do, they're dead. Yeah. And you're going to get hit a lot. Uh, I, I got to make sure to put that out there. They are going to hit you many times. You will be insubstantial and holy cow, you are going to get railed by anyone and everyone because they realized you're there. Take it like a champ, giggle your way to the other side and, and do it again. Like, holy cow, is it fun? Tons of kills. The kill potential was nuts. Um, the hard part is from what came up earlier about getting assassinate off with enough uh, quick enough frequency to not mm-hmm. be like, because if you're on that run, it's hard to be like, pop, pop, obsessed. Uh, so you're just basically just saying assassinate relentlessly and hoping that you triggered it at the right time. Mm-hmm. 
and let them sort it out. Most people just take it. It's a little cheesy, but it's not a, it's not a computer game. I, it's, that's just too hard. So make sure you get it off. But oh my gosh, I can keep going about their roles. So I'm going to shut up because not everyone has spoken, but <laughs> holy cow. Just awesome class for everything. Super great. Be the hero. All right. Uh, Tim it. Roll yeah. So, uh, <laughs> all right. So it has been touched on a few things, but um, I do feel that the skirmishing or mid-range role is what it's best at to be um, on the sidelines as more of a harasser or jumping across into the enemy lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're more of the mid-range when you're u- utilizing your throwing weapons or bow or crossbow, what have you. Um, but you usually want to stay within that 20-foot range to get assassinate off specifically. Yes. It's just that is a really poor piece. Um, also, all your other abilities are within 20 feet. So like, mm-hmm. if there's something pesky and you need to like, take out someone that you just wounded like a warrior otherwise um and then use coup de gras but otherwise also like spellcasters specifically healers taking those out and assassinating them to curse them they can't just re-res them when they have like a crazy resurrection spam with like two healers and a bard mm-hmm. so you can shut that down if they don't have that well protected pretty easily especially mm-hmm. with projectiles and hey bounces count and crossbow bolts are short so yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> uh i guess that's uh most of what i have for that yeah the the assassin's got so much movement versatility it's it's just amazing the amount of options you have with it especially because you guys do have a majority of the weapon kit you don't get greats you don't get flails you don't get shields and then you don't get a couple of the projectiles but that doesn't limit you terribly especially because like Poles basically mean you're on the front line. Boards basically mean you're on the front line. And some of the projectiles are, and flails kind of are just anti-boards. So, like, that's the only one that would kind of fit in the, like, we're going to kill everything kind of role of the assassin. But otherwise, you guys are just about moving, getting where you want to go. You've got a long for either a, a, a little shorter down stick or a long stick to get over the top of those shields. You've got your shorts for everything. Of course, carry a bunch of daggers and throwies because... Throwies are great all the time. And then you've got bows, which uh, constantly people complain. Bows are overpowered. I don't think they are, for the record. Just to, I think they're fine. People just don't wear armor or don't take pro proj, and it's just stupid. Um, you guys have... You guys are dressed for success, basically. Like You and warriors are set up in a fashion that there's not many changes we could make to you to make you more... Like... Uh, synergistic with yourselves because you have so much usability within your own abilities to just keep going and never have to worry about like if you run out you go get them back from a bard pretty much straight up it's all per lives yep. it's all per lives or a charge it is dear god i should be giving you guys high fives all the time just like restoration restoration all right go it's just super 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 powerful like assassin is great and it's it's silly to think that it's not yeah you guys need more bard friends because like yes people with the mindset of i'm going to assist my teammates oh my god at least not here it is is dead art it does not exist people play bard sure 
but it's almost never for that. It's to be very vocal at other people or to run around in armor and, and do the fighty thing. Okay. Like so selfish bards, I suppose. Yeah. But I don't even know if it's that selfish to just be a verbal bard right. at like everybody else. I suppose that's that's still very strong. There's a it's lot of control in CC. Yeah. I I don't know. I've ran around as Aeolus is I have a, a bard build called Hype Man, which is a a crap ton of amplifications a bunch of recharge abilities and then some like shoves to keep people away and just i give him kills i'm just like here's amplification you now have a 50 foot whatever the next 20 foot range spell you had so he pegs someone in the leg and then coup de gras him from 50 feet away because he can <laughs> like oh that's so fun pretty good marksman though that's true yeah but i mean even even close range you gotta i give you a 20 foot something whatever i can give you all your abilities back we can keep people away bards and assassins should be bffs on those flanks because like just picking and choosing who you're gonna fight the assassin kills them assassinates them uses an ability bard gives it back they keep going like damn oh uh speaking on that uh there was this one time at ice haven where a lot of the warriors didn't have leg armor and there was a <laughs> bard on my team and uh i just went i Wins kill assassinated with poison, went to the bard, got my poison back, went and killed another person, went back, and I did that repeatedly. And I think it was the next park day or two park days afterwards that they all the warriors suddenly had leg armor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you've got like a bard hanging behind you, because confidence specifically needs that 10-foot range, What uh, they have to be outside the radius of 10 feet of any living enemy. So if you run up, wound kill assassinate someone step back that really short distance of 10 feet get the confidence to to recharge that poison put the poison back on and go you're just it's a lot of kills yep um, it's real great <laughs> that is yeah assassin is just versatile on the field okay so now uh i want to move on to our next question because we're we're already at a little over an hour um the the state that makes your class amazing slash is your class the insubstantial state very commonly in most people's minds is just an escape tactic how is it more than that uh let's start with timid on this all right so if i have insubstantial abilities to burn a lot of times especially if it's like a newer caster i'm going against or even just like an archer or something like that um so you can just use insub to get towards the person obviously as long as like you're using blink or something like that to stay with outside of 10 feet of something mm -hmm. um but then drop your insub and then just rush at them and then if they start casting i guess you can use like your um shadow step just to quick they're casting something shadow step they can't affect you at the moment they've stuttered now you because they've broken their casting which interrupts them and then you can just leave in sub and then kill them so you can aggressively move across the field to um like mess with people or like some you're running toward or you're um aggressing towards someone with a bow or something like that and they just lose an arrow sure it's a defensive ability but you can just go in sub take the hit and keep going so you're not just like oh no i'm about to get hit you can just keep going at the person hop into in sub and use it more aggressively or hop in and out of it to interrupt someone trying to specifically cast at you mm -hmm. 
like it uses a lot of your instant abilities and if you had the cloak of enigmas you just really won't run out <laughs> but um when you have them to burn and you don't have any other goal and you just need to like take out like their healers or something like that works a little bit better in smaller games um or when you're not getting as much of a focus but mm. you can get aggressive with it or teleport it's really easy just to walk casually across the field substantial someone starts aggressing to you you're like insubstantial and just i guess hope they don't have someone with like a greater release or mm-hmm. um tracking obviously depending on what your goal is in that aspect i mean if or, it's just to uh, annoy dimensional someone. rift <laughs> yeah or like once you start hearing dimensional rift you want to definitely leave it as soon as you possibly can um but yeah uh it's definitely useful for closing gaps aggressively and not being a target or interrupting someone's casting during that time Mm -hmm. it's it's got opportunities it's got options to to play with and that's something i want to emphasize because it's um it's often ignored that insubstantial is more than an escape uh so magus can you speak on that as well yep making sure i was not on mute that time uh (laughs) So for me, a lot of things that Timmet covered is how I have seen insubstantial use and how I've used insubstantial as well to use it in an offensive manner. Um, I really do like the somebody's casting a spell at you, you go insubstantial. I've seen somewhere they'll actually complete the spell, and it's like, well, there you go, and you pop out and then you shank them. Uh, mm-hmm. Or you... I, I've done ones where I will... You know, I'll I'll do my shadow step and then immediately begin coming right back out, um, and that can also make people fumble. Uh, I've had a few where I've done blink to just use it to get around a line, mm-hmm. so I'll already be running at full speed, going the direction I want to go, and the enemies will be facing me or be engaged with another group, and they'll see you run past. So by the time they catch up, since it's ambulant, just make sure that. After you cast it, you've only ran about 50 feet. So, or you know, that as you're running, and by the time you're done with your incantation, you're going to be at that 50 foot mark. And then you can just keep sprinting. So you can use it as a get around this threat. Um, mm-hmm. And I would say it's a little bit more different than an escape because you're using it to push ground, you're using it to gain ground or rush an objective rather than, oh no, somebody's running at me. Uh, so right. those are the ways I've kind of seen it be used more than just an escape. Um, use it to get around people to continue your assault on things or get around a front line to get to the nice squishy healers and back, provided mm-hmm. that you're not within 10 feet of them. Um, interrupting spell casting is always hilarious to me. I, <laughs> I dig it. <laughs> I like doing that. It's a good way uh, to get out are, of it. I see it being used. And uh, Morty, what are some uh, ways that phones just freaked out a little bit uh our morty what are some ways that insubstantial is more than just an escape there we go uh a couple of things i had written down which was already spoken about was uh being able to cast or uh, to charge your ability um mm-hmm. uh, that's what i was doing was taking it as other things that you can do other than just escaping so i have it um being able to go through train you know oh yeah 
being able to walk through places that most play people can't or doing the easy way of getting through it uh that that's wonderful that's not really an escape that's more of a <laughs> bypassing the rule of the the terrain and i i really like that but i think the big thing for me is that insurgence that uh you're in an escape mode you can't get hit but you're shouting that you're going to escape and probably hit somebody in the back so then you've got people focused on you mm-hmm. and then you just don't finish it so then they stopped to to hit you but i'm still an in an in sub so you tried swinging at me and Oh, well, and then I'll come out of it at a more perfect time and be able to hit them that way. Um, but yeah, there's that's that's kind of what uh, I got known for. And this will kind of go into one of the last questions about how to keep it fun. Because I've actually had people tell me straight up, you are not making this game fun by the way that I play it. Um I disagree. Sorry, I, I thought it was I, I'm hysterical. not breaking any rules, so <laughs> it's, it's you know, hysterical. I'm completely following the rule books. So I mean, I understand people getting frustrated when they don't realize that you're either stutter casting or false casting or whatever you want to call it. Um, but there's like a lot of answers to the insubstantial state that are available. Mm-hmm. You just need to go get the right class. Like if you're in shadow step release technically works if you're in any of the other insubstantial states tracking greater release um uh dimensional rift will kill you uh is it lost i get i get lost a lot um banish banish that's the other one i'm thinking banish and then uh there's another one dimensional shackles or something like that i don't know whatever the one that stops you from going insubstantial Planner uh, grounding? Planner grounding. There we go. I'm, I've got D&D on the brain. Dimensional shackles. Um, <laughs> but, like, there's plenty of answers. It's just you've got to have – you got to know who has those answers. And, I mean, if you know there's an assassin at your park, just have someone on your – just know that you have to have those answers because otherwise they're going to keep using them. You guys have a million and a half uses of insubstantial <laughs> per game because you're like, oh, I died. Oh, well, I got six insubstantials again. <laughs> Like, great. That's so many. Yeah, I've had people argue with me that the incant to get out of insubstantial, you shouldn't be able to stop saying it. Like you, you're basically wasting it. You, you are doing it just by starting it. And I no. think it's just because of the way I play it that people have said that to me. But like, Jamie's shaking his head. No, that's <laughs> definitely not the rules. But yeah, it, you. <laughs> If you... I hate the way you play this game, Marty. I'm sorry. I'm following all of the rules. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, the but, answer is um, very simple. Is... Just get good. I, I, okay, there is that. <laughs> but, uh, scout. <laughs> Lily also mentioned about how there's not a lot of scouts in play. I definitely know at park level, at least, that mm-hmm. there's been people that have played scouts specifically because they see me playing assassin. Then you're extra winning because it's a terrible class. It it needs some help. It needs it need. I mean, if the proposal goes through, it'll get some help. Dmag sure. on recharge is a nice help. Uh, yeah, they need a little bit more. Come on, Time, times ten takes too long. I mean, again, they should just still get it. Like that's I, this isn't about just that. Five. It's a great buff. Charge five becomes pretty pretty doable in a, mm-hmm. a ten or fifteen minute game at like a park level. How many times do you get to recharge times ten? 
Oh my it's, God, it sucks. I've no, done I never let anyone do a charge on it's, Sten. You're, you're done it. Take home. It's not. A, it's not. You know, it's, sure, Tim. You've done it once or twice, maybe. No, but like, I, how, I've done how, it two to three times in a park level game, and it's okay. not fun. No. And how long are you out of play then for that? Right. Like we can mm-hmm. do some basic math on how long it takes to do the auto battle. I yeah. mm-hmm. Whatever. But even then, that's that's a long time out of play. So like, and, it's cool. It's a buff. Yeah. But it's not. It's not like a. If it's you're able to get a times ten off, your team is probably already likely winning. Yeah, it's the win more. <laughs> I got time to do yeah. this. Yeah, <laughs> we wiped them. Okay, what do we do? Charge times ten, I guess. Like, I guess I don't. I know I pulled it off a couple times because, like, I'll take low amounts of terrors to sure. to be able to use that. But especially when I'm playing Bard or maining Bard, I almost never let anyone charge more than two times. Like, if they go into that third yeah. charge, I'm like, why? I have a confidence. Shut up. Go. Yeah, or they have now you, because you existed, have now made this player have to go so far away from you out of combat to try to get one charge off. Cool. Like, okay, they're, they're not affecting this game. And one yeah. dispel, like one more dispel, is, is basically irrelevant. Like it's it's cool, it's a buff, it's not gonna be very impactful. So they should just say yes to that. That was like the only one that's like a slam dunk yes to me from all mm-hmm. those. It's like okay, but it doesn't it the reality is it's not gonna be very uh impactful, specifically at park level, which is where we play most of the time. Yes. At, mm-hmm. at kingdom level, sure, you'll get it off a couple more times. Again, it's not game breaking. Any casting class that can take a pile of dispels is going to be better than the scout. And they'll still be better than the scout. Yeah, I mean, in general, like it's still going to be a better class at dispelling and at doing whatever the spellcaster does because it's just a stronger class. In my opinion, again, this is my opinion on that, but the scouts, I mean, they not strong. They have it. We covered it in the scout episode, which was the last episode. Go watch it. Um, uh, but yeah, me, <laughs> I will. Um, uh, it, it it's about versatility of abilities, which. Although most assassin abilities are based in insubstantial, they all do something besides insubstantial. The only one that mm-hmm. is just insubstantial is shadow step. And then you have complete control over that. And the thing that people forget about the, the shadow step and insubstantial is your feet aren't stuck to the ground. You just can't leave that spot. Like you can still shuffle your feet around, move, adjust your weapons, change shape, whatever. So if someone tries to like gank you, do the catch and release you could just maneuver yourself so that when they like finish the incant, you just smack them. Just, I mean, you might die too, but who cares? All of your things are per life. Armor, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but but you're right. You're absolutely right. You're you're all totally right. You're all amazing. I love it's, all of you guys. Yeah. Okay. I lost my train of thought. It exploded. It got assassinated. Um. All right. Let's just more... go to the next question. Okay. <laughs> Um, it, it would be it'd be my turn on the insubstantial. It is your it is your turn on the insubstantial. It, the only comment I'll say is that I covered it a lot in the last question about one very aggressive manner to run flanks and get back to your team. Really, like <clears throat> everybody else has covered that. You use it defensively, offensively, um, pre-casting it, being able to you know I step into the or whatever I vanish from, I return to the physical. Whatever. However yeah. you want to mess with the casting. Excellent. Very, very cool. Uh, it's very strong. And being able to have it kind of queued up for when you might need it is, is cool. So, like, great skills. Uh, annoying, sure. You know, it's it can be obnoxious when you have to deal with people who are doing that, but that's kind of part of 
how the game works and mm-hmm. you know you can still mess them up and sometimes you make them make them burn their spell make them burn their ability so but um yeah i think everyone basically covered it i think i covered mine in the last thing so that's all i wanted to say is that i covered it basically it's it's just something i, w- I know it doesn't cover that much but i wanted to go over the fact that insubstantial is more versatile than just oh shit like th- there's other options use it it's got ability it, you've got six uses of it per life Oh, absolutely. Uh, Blink is one of my favorites, especially with like so waist good. high, like crappy terrain, basically just the, the flagging tape terrain where you can go underneath it. <laughs> so I vanished from sight. I flipped around to the other side, been over 10 feet away, return to the physical world, return to the physical world and blasted the guy because I was playing a crossbow one and shot him on the other side of the wall because now he can't run me down because I could shoot, over, you know, because it's waist high. So you could fight over or shoot over or cast over. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, sweet. I just flip myself underneath, return to the physical world, blop blast the guy and they can't run you down anymore because I put myself on the other side of awesome terrain. Ah. Yay. Like it's just, it's just so damn good guys. Just if you really have problems, you can always ask where people think 10 feet is from them and make them clarify what 10 feet is to them. And then, you know, it's, it's no longer an argument about like what I think 10 feet is. You give them the power. And if they say it's shorter or farther than 10 feet may or may not be, at mm-hmm. least they are comfortable with what that range is. And now I know where I have to be to at least use my blink accordingly right. to get away from it. Uh, same thing with uh, shooting, just the funny comment. Uh, uh, Charlie, I like to ask people, where do you think 20 feet is? And that they say, well, I think this is 20 feet. And then I take one half step or full step back. And then I'm like, sweet, boom. And then, <laughs> I, I gave them the option. I let them clarify where 20 feet is. Okay? 20 feet um, is a all... little bit bigger than a Camry by three feet. Yep. Like... And if they want to say that it's only about 12 feet and take that full draw, that's that's on them. No. That's that's... My, 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 that's that's dirty. My my point is is if I let people clarify what they're comfortable with, then I just avoid arguments. Yeah. And then yeah. I just do what they are happy with. And that's good for small games, not necessarily great for big games, but mm-hmm. so off the, topic. Sorry. The other thing with the insubstantial is uh, I know I've taken a lot of road trips with Hodge and Balder. And at one point we we're like, how's the best way to get through the worst possible dungeon, which is basically just a ton of terrain problems. And we're like assassin. Yeah. They're just like, we have an anti-magic field, a D-mag room. And then there's a sand pit over there. We're like blink. Yep. Done. <laughs> the teleport too. Yeah. This, this is this is really important for game designers. They can absolutely say, "I'm sorry, you can't blink through this." Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry, you can't teleport through this. So if they are worried about assassin being a game breaking class, which it can be, depending on what you're doing, quest breaking, mm-hmm. just put that on there. You'll get some hemming and hawing from the assassins who feel like you're cheating them of their awesome ability, but it's only because it's so damn busted in the first place. <laughs> Maybe not busted, but it's really, really good. It's okay. Design your games to account for some of that. Or if you don't want to change that and you want to let them do it, just be like, okay, congratulations. You have broken the game. Please don't do that. Go experience the dungeon without yeah. doing that. Like, I, I concede you have bested our dungeon. Mm-hmm. But now please go play it so that everyone can enjoy it and check out the hard work we put into it. Right. I've had so, to do it once or twice where people have gotcha me on some of my game designs where I've missed the um, some of the broken shit. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you win. Good job. Now go play the game. <laughs> don't do that though you know fun anyways and i think uh, a little bit to go with game design like that though is i've seen some I, I hope that i see more of it where you do have terrain options but if there's terrain that you feel that insubstantial state could break it you say all right well there's regular walls here and then there's like a force wall that 
like you know nothing can really get through it mm -hmm. so you know you have a few that all right assassins can utilize their abilities in some areas and in other areas can't and that's perfectly acceptable too i know uh keep on the borderlands has done it a few times where we've said like these walls are magically enhanced or whatever and you can't teleport through them that's part of a safety feature and part of a game design thing because i really don't think we want people hopping into the middle of a swarm of like 50 people and being like alive and then just everybody punching them basically because they're at close range and don't have the ability to swing a stick um yay violence <laughs> well, and, uh, it happens that's the, yeah. the nature of this class whether it's okay or not it's you're gonna get punched sometimes i mean unfortunately the beginner classes we like handing out monk assassin barbarian barbarian and assassin both very quickly get abilities that get them hurt more often than not mainly because we can't see visually that someone's insubstantial so we're like ah swing the stick and they're not paying attention because they're insubstantial they're just like i'm I'm paying attention over here and they get hit in the back and they're like, what the heck happened? We can't, we got to work on something for that. I don't know how a good um, way to do it, but. One thing I usually do is just announce that I'm in sub. If I see anyone aggressing towards me, mm -hmm. just to make sure it's clarified, then they know I'm in that state. And if I'm like moving, sometimes they'll be like, yeah, blink or teleport just in case there needs to be some sort of communication just to clarify things which i guess is more of a thing like with phoenix league yeah um or some of the more competitive aspects but it can clarify a lot of things and prevent you from getting just hit out yeah. of nowhere um another reason to wear physical armor yes. yeah um and then also <laughs> like another thing like what uh lily was talking about with um the game design aspect one thing i like to do especially with like newer uh champions is at the beginning of every game, if I'm playing Assassin, or even if I'm not, or if I have some other insubstantial ability class, I'll ask, so these obstacles, can I insub through them? Yep. Just to be more polite. Sometimes it annoys people. All the time. All the time. Yeah. But, it's totally fine. But it just gets them thinking like, oh, wait, yeah, that ability does things that's weird. And it has like an entire page in the rulebook. Mm. <laughs> it's got a good chunk. It's it's not a small little section. Uh it's big. Yeah. You asking that question, Tim, at all the time is what got me to start asking it because it definitely makes a difference. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of annoying to try to do it and then the reads yell at you like, you can't do that. Why not? It's, part it's of in my, the rules. Part of my class. <laughs> like, uh, I know one of our champions at ET likes island games a lot where there's like five or six. 10 to 20 foot wide islands and then everything else is water so you've got to walk and i know morty just sprints around the field because he's like teleport blink yeah and you're like great I'm, I'm over here like goose stepping trying to keep in line real quick or pigeon stepping whatever i'm just like da -da 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 -da, trying to stay in like walking speed and teleporting over here running across the field without a, <laughs> a care in the world it's uh yeah Use insubstantial. Okay, on to the next question. Recommended tactics, which kind of ties into battlefield uh, roles, but a little, it's a little bit different. Um, so battlefield tactics, recommended tactics, uh, target acquisition, either both offensively and defensively. Now the defensively, I think for you guys is a little weird because you don't have 
many defensive abilities. A lot of your abilities are about going out. They're defensive for yourself, but not like team defensive. They're they're protection for your own well-being, less than like defensively thinking like a a, a Harden or something like that um, that you get to hand out or something like that. So, Jamie, can you start us off with this? Sure. Um, so I talked a little bit about it earlier in the the video here. Some of the tactics I like about fighting on the the middle. Other people have also commented on this as well. Um, but being able to use your abilities to take advantage of that. So instead of talking about the one that we've already talked about, let's talk about um, backfield play in your opponent's backfield mm-hmm. because that can be quite a bit of fun. Uh, to me, as a class that like some martial classes, the more physically fit or active or athletic you are the more you can get out of this class since it can be such a high cardio running class mm-hmm. well that plays into target acquisition because running down people in your opponent's backfield and being able to get away is extremely useful to your team right so for example in a game where you uh where lives matter which there's plenty of people who like to do it or whatever the case is mm-hmm. Stopping the healers from being able to res by choosing them as a target can be a good answer. However, I would almost say the better answer is to make sure that you utilize assassinate and pick off weak players. Again, this is a predator and prey as a, as a certain way to look at it. If I see a unarmored person, it doesn't necessarily have to be a low skill or a new player because that can kind of ruin their time. Mm-hmm. So I'm not encouraging you to go ruin the new player's time. So we'll use this as somebody who may just be unaware or unarmored or whatever, an easy target for you to take down where you can weigh the math of, hmm, well, I have armor. I'm pretty fit and they're looking kind of portly today. Or it's 100 degrees and nobody wants to run, but you're dumb and you're going to do it anyways <laughs> because I got to help my team be successful. Yeah. Hero assassins. Picking off those players and making sure to assassinate them, making sure they know that they're cursed, will go almost further than worrying about the healer. Because if you build up a big enough queue for the healer to try to res through of cursed assassinated people, they basically can't get through it. We just had an end rain where that was essentially the mentality. Okay, cool. We just kill them more than their healers can res them. Mm -hmm. Once we have built up a big enough queue, you can invade their spawn. And then you'll take care of the healer at that point. Right. Now, again, that's a smaller-ish. It wasn't a massive game. Like, that's a harder tactic specifically there where you can kill enough of the other team to then take your team into their spawn. Mm -hmm. Uh, It does happen in large games. We've seen that at at some kingdom-level things. I mean, some keeps. It's happened where you can push a whole team basically back into their spawns, which is, yikes, hundreds of people playing. But um, that would be, yeah. So to break that down more simply than all the words that I used, you could go kill the healer or you could just assassinate the weak and make the healer overwork and then that's less people on the field because now they're having to wait assuming the game designers are letting them wait in a queue of dead to spawn in the first place there's some people who've accounted for this and they use forced spawning rules where you can't just sit there in dead forever and hold your respawn you must respawn once you've hit your 30 seconds or x amount of people to spawn in a group or whatever Mm. the case may be so at that point you just run up them numbers and that becomes very very powerful or whatever so it's something to think about. I don't know how many people think about it in that format, but sometimes that's the right target acquisition in it's, my mind. Yeah. I mean, at that point you're getting, you're getting quantity, not quality of enemies. You're, you're trying to kill as many as possible and cause problems long-term instead of just relying on your ability to pick off 
premier targets, essentially. Great example might be, let's say Charlie decided to deck himself out head to toe in his armor. And let's say I'm under armored this time. I, I'm rolling with maybe a Gambison. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it's a bad Gambison, so I don't even get to sneak two points out of it. Just like one point and I've got gaps and I didn't bring arms or legs. Mm-hmm. Well, normally, man, yeah, Charlie's a problem on that field. Look at him go. He's killing people. He's covered in armor. That's a high priority target. Not for me. That becomes a low priority target. Let him get bogged down with poles or other people or problems or spellcasters. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go pick off the easy targets where I can be successful. And hopefully he doesn't outkill me killing bad players. Or not, bad is not fair. I shouldn't say it that way. But killing the underprepared or mm-hmm. whatever. People that aren't ready for that. And that Unaware players. Yeah, un- underprepared, underwear. That, yeah. That's that's a better way to. I mean, we can say low skill. I don't want to say bad though, because that's not fair. No. Um, underdeveloped. That's probably that's probably better. Underdeveloped would be a better choice. Mm-hmm. And again, don't do it too much. You don't need to kill Timmy forty-seven times. <laughs> poor poor Timmy. Um, but anyways, I yeah, I don't want to dwell on this too much. But I think that that's a maybe sort of unique perspective on mm-hmm. target acquisition for the class. I, I actually really like that perspective. I hadn't thought of it that way before. In that quantity it, over quality yeah like i almost want to try that out a bit see how it goes and and charlie you're a perfect candidate for it right you're good at the class already you prefer to shoot but when you go and run out there with two sticks and you are high mobility you can't catch me you get to hit and run which is part of the hit and run specialist i'm talking about <laughs> you kill these guys and you run you hit them you leave it's it's mm-hmm. right in the name it's, it's a classic tactic for for combat but it is extremely powerful in certain types of games where let's say lives matter yes extremely powerful other other game formats um there's other things to do but i just want to touch on that one because this is where assassin is the strongest in my opinion for Mm -hmm. what their kit lets them do right uh timmy what are some uh, recommended tactics well if you're going for more of a high priority target such as a clanky armored warrior um, and you're having to deal with, you know, defending, you can always just hold person, the warrior, and go behind them where they might not be able to reach you as easily. And then you can just go behind the legs where they might have a gap in their armor if they don't have gambus in. Reach around. Good job. Yeah, reach around. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, but, uh, that's a perfect use for those weird, like, assassin weapons of, like, the, the comma it's bait like it doesn't have to be a long one it just has to be like a short sword with like a two inch little hook at the end that's just foam and you're like just hitting it uh but yeah like you hold port you hold person like a warrior in six um points of plate armor they're already like irritated that they can't move their feet Mm -hmm. they might um take themselves out of it uh but at the same time they're not as mobile, so they can't really do much for footwork. So you've hindered them that way. You can go behind them, and then you can just hit them like six times, and then uh, assassinate them. Make sure you do that when you kill them, because otherwise they'll probably true grit. And nobody likes it when you just killed someone, and now they're back and not CC'd. Mm-hmm. And they probably have a shield or like hardened short swords or something like that to deal with arrows and stuff like that. But yeah, like that sort of a thing, especially like in small games, like if you're at your local park and you have like this big clanky boy and you can just do that. It's 
not the most fun for that person if you focus them like that and the rest of the team doesn't have answers for you doing it but mm. it is usually if like the teams are imbalanced and you or in some sort of a way where they don't have necessarily good enough like a lot of spellcasters to deal with a warrior you can do that sort of a situation because otherwise a decent fighter with six points of armor especially with ancestral and they like walk up to your team they're probably running florentine or sword and shield or maybe a pole arm mm -hmm. and it can be very difficult to deal with that for like small park situations unless you do something of that sort or of course if yes. someone wounds it then you just like take them out quickly with the coup de grace right which is great mm -hmm. but like that's like that sort of a thing now if they have a pocket healer or some sort of support this is obviously in a small group environment taking them out and then take potentially or the warrior like doing something in that sort of thing or like kind of being more of a distraction um, might be more key but it's more of like i guess more of a defensive thing but that would be small field it, it works i mean it's oh small fields are so weird because the balancing teams becomes very very difficult and if you're not balancing teams well it really shows and if people aren't willing to like play to the level of their park like if you've got two warlords in a shire they better never be on the same team because that's just not gonna go well that's not fair and i am the victim of this i'll well, well don't victim shame me here but you're not at a shire well uh now i am <laughs> i'm still banned from my park oh that's right that's yeah stupid. well whatever it comes down to if you can at least for one game let people play with their friends because typically my friends are the people that care most about combat right mm -hmm. and i never i will go months six months sometimes a year maybe more where i don't get to play with my friends i have to constantly play against them and it's kind of a bummer because i would like to show out with those friends at kingdom level events so i'm not saying always let this happen where you have warlord and warlord together to you know every mm -hmm. single game you don't have to do that but if you're going to run three games that day Find one that seems like it could be the least damage, uh, damaging for them and, and let them have a, a go at it. Also, you can even ask, because I promise you most of the time, if you ask me, like, hey, how seriously are you taking this game? Odds are I'm going to say not at all, and I'm going to goof around and roll around in the dirt or throw things at people or just be bad at crossbowing. And, and that's my day, and it would still be cool to be able to play with my friend in that instance Maybe they're taking it more serious, but I'm mm. I'm just trolling around and not taking it very serious. So sometimes it's just just ask, like, hey, right. are you trying today? It's an individual. It, it changes based on who you have going. If you have someone that wants to keep going 100% every single time, it makes it hard. True. Just please let me play with my friends sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even have to be the warlord. Sometimes it's like I can't play with Herc ever. Like I, it's constantly having to play against him. And like, that's a bummer because we never get to play together or mm -hmm. like, I don't get to play with Jess even. And it's like, come on, I'm, I'm like, come, let me, let me play with my friends, please. Sometimes and I just, you know, yeah. I want to break the stigma just because they're warlords doesn't mean that they don't have feelings. No, but <laughs> we're coming out of that age and we'll hit this a little later. We're coming out of that age of like people that go hard, go hard all the time. So your tournament winners, your paragons are hard to beat and they're hard to balance and we're we're starting to adapt to this idea of hey i know you're real good stop it for like two games like 
don't try to ruin everybody's day to day. We want to have more new players come out and not feel like they don't know what's going on because you just yelled three spells at them in 30 seconds. Don't do that. Just Yeah, just they be should silly. be taking more teaching roles on the thing anyways. Yes. Grow and encourage them. This is a different topic for a different time, of course, mm-hmm. but I mean, yeah. Come yeah. on. Okay. Um, uh, Mordecai, tactics, target acquisition, stuff like that. <laughs> well, what I had written down was sort of in the same vein of what uh, Lily said. Um, so instead of saying any more, I just want to tell kind of a funny story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not right. But, uh, you know, you try to target people without armor on. You try to target people that are easier to kill for the most But one of my favorite things ever is to make sure that the warrior knows that you're there and let them forget about you and then run up behind them and kill them with all six points of their armor on and assassinate them. I did it to a couple of different people. Um, It's just so satisfying. It it really (laughs) is, you know? (laughs) Like, how did I hit you seven times before you realized to turn around? (laughs) I mean, it's playing... Yeah, I've had to count for them. I'm just like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nope. ten, 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 ten. They're like, "Holy crap! You hit me 14 times!" I'm like, and they I got thanked for it because they just had no idea what happened to them. Uh, it's exactly oh. that. Exactly. Wow, disappeared. <laughs> it's so that's all I got on that. Sorry. I mean, that that's playing a mind game with the, the warrior, which is really entertaining. You're like, "I'm here," and then just like go quiet for a bit and like sneak around, play normal, and then just drum roll. Great stuff. Good well, stuff. I think that's a, a secondary tactic to my character. I'm always so loud and annoying. So when I am sneaky, people, people forget my <laughs> you know. Uh, and Magnet, what's some uh, recommended tactics? Yeah, so I'm going to do some recommended tactics uh, for a few of the different ways that you can play. Um, one, when you're an archer, regardless if you're doing archery or even melee, is Jamie kind of hit on it a little bit already. Hit people who are unaware. Um, mm-hmm. Now, granted, I go for higher value people. Like I, I usually will try to like get the unaware healer or the unaware wizard, like spellcasters. I, I, I like eating up spellcasters. That tends to be like my favorite targets. Right. Um, and you know, some ways to like make people even bring down their guard. Like a way I'd mentioned before is I do archery a lot and. I don't aim at the frontliners of people looking at me. I'm going to be shooting at the people that are looking away from me or looking at a different target. Other archers tend to be a really good candidate for this because usually they're not looking at, they're looking at whoever they're shooting at. Mm-hmm. I mean, I sometimes even tunnel vision a little bit too. It, it does happen. So if you catch an archer that's really focusing in on someone, then it's a good time to loose an arrow on them and hopefully kill them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as for the range game, that's kind of how I usually play it. Um, and some tactics. You you are an assassin. Your goal is to blend. And you know, like a good example. It's I'm gonna keep it as a short, like rather short story here. Is mm-hmm. uh, there was a main where I shot all my arrows and proceeded to walk. Uh, there's a front line on one side, front line on the other, and it's a bridge to get in. And I walk past Steve or Tom Gutenberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a relief, and I'm like, hey, just a heads up. I'm walking over here. I'm still alive. I said it low enough that only he could hear. He's like, oh, no, I, I see that. There's no sword on your head. Mm-hmm. All right, just 
in making that very clear, and I proceeded to just pick up arrows. And then I saw the healer backline, and then I murdered the healer backline. And people <laughs> saw me after that. And I go running out with half a dozen arrows in one hand, one sword on my hip, and one sword in my hand. And then I vanish from sight, get back on the other side of the bridge, fired those six arrows. I proceeded then to drop my bow again and just walk across. And I saw the Reeve again, Steve, and I'm like, hey, I'm going across again, just a heads up, still perfectly fine. And he's just shaking his head at this point because I have to go through the front line of the enemies that are, you know, shield wall and everything and just walk on through. Like, nobody asked my state, nobody asked, my, like, what my status is. They just let me through. <laughs> I proceeded to pick up more arrows, and then I did it again. It did not work the third time. I tried it. It didn't work. <laughs> Finally got those, on. Those first two times were great. Um, so, I mean, that can be part of, like, how you play, too. Um, I usually like trying to go for, like, those higher-value targets when I'm in the back line of mm -hmm. just... If, if they are a spellcaster, they're usually high on my priority list. I do want to try Jamie's order of priority, though, of just hit the people that are unaware, hit the people that are unarmored, and just build up that queue of people that need to get rest and see how that works. Because I think that would be a very interesting way to play this. Um, and then the other tactics, uh, I mean, this kind of fits into, like, for me, at least, like my version of like looking the part and playing an assassin, you know, that person hiding in the shadows, hiding in plain sight. Uh, Ghillie suits are pretty inexpensive. And if you have forests, a lot of air kingdom, like I highly like I've had so much fun with ghillie suits, man. And they're they're pretty cheap. You can get them for maybe like a hundred bucks here and there. Um mine has lasted me, I think it's like a seven-year-old ghillie suit at this point. And they're not and that all hard you to do, make either. No. And all you do is you run out into the forest before combat begins. And you literally just roll around in the leaves and underbrush and stuff like that. And then as you stand up, you look at the vegetation that's like at shoulder level, at waist level, and you grab some pieces and you throw them into the ghillie suit. And then you just lay back, wait for people, run through. Now, if people see you moving, you're going to look like, you know, you're going to look like your Bigfoot walking around the forest and <laughs> they'll spot you pretty easy. But if you stand still, you'll have people that will walk past you. And then you can shoot them from behind and and kill them. <laughs> I think the first GAC I brought out the ghillie suit. I think I was doing Druid Archer at that time. And this was way back at the uh the Greystoke Forest. And I think Jamie was actually my target for that one. I think I shot him in the arm. And I don't know if it was Jamie or Cuball that spotted me, but only one of the people in the group spotted me and I was standing still and they're calling out like he's right there. He's right there. I'm just standing there like nope. Nope. <laughs> And then I shot a second time, and then everybody saw me, and then I had to run. I wonder if that was my first GAC. I can't remember. I think it was. You were with Cute Ball. Yeah, I uh, I ruined that GAC, which was excellent. That's when I had stole <laughs> the... There was that sign in the, the forest that said, do not take these runes or something, right? And my whole goal, because I was such a new player, was, well, the dumb adventurer would do this. I would absolutely take these runes, so we stole them. And the answer for a while, which was pretty funny, was that the enemies became invincible for a long time. And I'm pretty sure we had a lot of sprinting and jumping through the terrible brush. And eventually I got asked to return them because it had eventually broken GAC because 
at that time I was, I was pretty good at running and I'm kind of fat and old now, but it was a, it was something else. That was a really, really neat experience. And I do remember being shot at from some kind of bush thing in the woods. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I lost a bow as well at that event. Yeah. It was like late and dark and terrible. It was, it was awesome. It was the ghillie suit thing is very cool. Charlie, you're like the only person I've ever seen do it. Uh, I would warn you, though, if you do it in Texas, there's a lot of fire ants and scorpions and snakes and shit. So if you're going to go roll around in the woods, just be mindful you're going to probably pick up some critters. So I think biting <laughs> you is just, just just keep it in oh mind. I, I, you know, for the, for the out of out of state Texas people, the scorpions don't like it. And the fire ants are, are literally everywhere. Our, our fields that we play in regularly for park are just fire at mounds all the time. So, wow. I'm uh, glad we don't have that. <laughs> No, it's yeah. awful. Everything hates you here. It's kind of like Australia, but you know, less so, bad. So a good tip is know your local wildlife before rolling around on the ground with a ghillie suit. Do a little research. Some, some. Make sure you're not rolling around in poisonous plants or dangerous plants. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just wear long sleeves. You're good. Do and shorts, not shorts, yeah. but uh, pants. Pants. Long uh, sleeves, pants. Oh, um, <laughs> and then the very last thing I want to touch on in. That, and this should be it for, for the recommended tactics is uh uh keep your throwies in an inconspicuous place like pouches usually work pretty dang well like i carry mm -hmm. like two of them on me and there will be times where like i'm out of arrows and the person will notice that and i'll have i'll have a sword at my hip and i'll also have a sword in hand but if they don't see that enchantment strip to show the weapon's poison because i already used it or did whatever or they'll mm -hmm. even do a killer like hey is your weapon poison? I say no. They'll usually charge. Uh, but I've had times where like I'll have a throwy that's near where my sword is on my left hip, and I'll actually grab the throwy and just ha like throw it out at them like that. The other hand, yeah. And then sometimes it hits them, and other times they'll try their best to dodge it out, and then you just grab your sword and oh, and you hit them, mm -hmm. and they just totally flinch out for a thrown weapon. They're like five feet away from you, not really in threat of your sword yet, and they're not in threat of you, but that just completely interrupted their movement to that you can just go on and tap them and take them out. Mm -hmm. It's a, I mean, the surprise effect of any projectile is a huge benefit. I know the warriors and the paladins and the anti-paladins talked about javelins in like a downstick position, and then you just up and throw it. Because it's a javelin, it acts as a downstick when it's in your hand, or a javelin when you throw it. For little hockey puck. I mean, I'm pretty sure, Timmy, you can hide a hockey puck in your hand and hold the yep. sword. Like, uh, that would be a little weird because of the size and like wearing gloves would be kind of. Uh, that's hard. a good point. With you the gloves, it might of, be tricky. You can kind of do it. But like hiding the puck in your hand would be really easy if it's an open hand. Yeah. You can just throw it out. Um, okay, so the assassin doesn't have that many abilities um, compared to, like, casters who have a laundry list of things. But you do have a decent chunk. Are there any hidden gems in that? Or does everybody pretty much know about all of those? I know the, the we talked a little bit about the hold person can kind of be uh, a lifesaver every once in a while. We've talked a lot about Blink because Blink is just beautiful. Um, Said a lot just saying like we did the one time what we think the best yeah. ability in classes let's, and let's do that all right so uh on three you guys are just gonna yell out what you uh, think the, the best ability is you ready all right one two three 
crossbow. <laughs> Actually, Bounce's count would probably be the best one. I was on mute. Oh, no. Ah. You ruined it, Charlie. You ruined so it. This, went, this went great. This went so well. Um, <laughs> it was way better the first time. <laughs> I mean... That's my answer. Well, that's, that's, the, that's really probably the strongest ability the class has. Yeah. Because you said best ability. I mean... Yeah. I mean, the... the your favorite whatever hidden it's there's nothing hidden about like this class everything no. has a purpose yeah. you know and something so overwhelmingly so half of why i said crossbow is because like i think it's undervalued so like it becomes kind of a hidden gem it's not necessarily an ability exclusive to this class but it kind of is because you know bows and things and there's not very many crossbows so it's no. kind of fun true i mean you could kind of call the the light throwies as that hidden gem because they you are the only class that gets it um you can take a metric crap ton of those things. Uh, so many. So yeah, many. Do... Oh. The kit is so solid that you use a, like you use all this kit on such a regular basis that it's hard to say something's a hidden gem. Right. Um even like going over use cases of certain abilities and stuff like that, like it's not all that hidden, I would say. At least I don't know, it's hard to find something where it's like yeah, this is low-key OP or something like that. Right. We know most of it's already OP. We just love it. <laughs> I mean, Blink, if Assassinate is taken correctly, like people are taking the cursed state and actually telling that that healer when they're trying to respond them that, hey, I've been cursed, if that's happening, Assassinate and Blink are probably like two of the most powerful abilities in the game just because of their straight-up effect on the field. I mean, a 50-foot radius and substantial where you're free to move is amazing. And then yeah. a f unlimited use of it, like, cursing someone. Cursed is one of the most destructive states in our game that everyone forgets about because it's just, oh, it's cursed. And because we, we do respawns. We'll talk about this in a second. Hold on. Respawns are, are a different problem. But um. Let's move on to the next question so we can, we can keep powering through this. Um, skills are things you want to focus on to get better. Uh, Magnus, you want to start us off with that? Uh, sure. Uh, one to focus on, and you know this can be done, and it will help you in several classes, is and something that I still struggle with, is get better at throwing things. Um, it, getting better and knowing how to properly throw something will get you better at throwing spell balls it'll get you better at at uh you know throwing your own throws <laughs> uh also at, as i've learned last year at spring word knowing how to properly throw something can also make you better at doing rap shots uh stuff like that uh yeah i I, I never grew up with a sport that taught me how to throw so learning how to throw was me and Clalibus sitting there throwing a Gatorade bottle on like <laughs> a Friday evening at spring war. And I've been working on it, but I mean, my shots have gotten better and I can actually throw a light throwy now as well with like, you know, it's something that can actually not just be laughed at and veer off like eight feet from the target when they're 10 feet away. Like <laughs> I, I can actually aim in a general direction over somebody is now. Um, so that I I did most of my uh, assassin run when I was making a push for Paragon with archery, which mm -hmm. once again archery can 
can help out with several other classes too. I'd definitely say if bow is something that you think you'd like to do, pick it up, get good, like get good at it, get skilled at it. And it's going to help you in other classes as well. Like that's the big thing I like to look for is where, what can you work on that can overlap to improve your game in other classes? Yeah. Uh, because if you can focus on a skill that gets you better in multiple areas, that, that should be the, you know, kind of the zone where you'd want to be mm -hmm. at least for me. Um, the bow crosses over into a couple. I mean, stick scale crosses over into all of them. Uh, yeah, exactly. Just getting better at some of our physical aspects of our game is always a, a good good trick. Yeah. Um, you can also practice incantations to mm -hmm. get faster at them. Uh, assassin incantations are already really quick. We only have... I mean, we have poison, which... That's a times two, but I mean, Shadow Step and Blink, which are going to be the ones that use a lot, are mm -hmm. one-liners. I mean, Assassinate is also a one-liner. Uh, hold Person, and, hold person, Coup de Gras, times three, Teleport, times five. So you can get better, I guess, at saying I command thee to stop, or Death Shall Come for thee, or I Travel Through the Aether. Mm -hmm. um, I try to look for words that like you'd stumble into sometimes here and there. Um, Assassin doesn't really have a whole lot of those. Um, like Wizard has a lot of a lot of spell casting that if yeah. you were to if you were to do it for your first time, you might stumble over the incantations a bit and mm -hmm. you know, if you stutter it too much, eh, it might not might not get called. Um It's also I, Oh sorry, go ahead. The, the whole person is one I think that you probably have to work on. Uh because I know there's been a couple times in our past episodes, people have complained that like for a while they thought the hold person in camp was I command thee stopped. Um, yeah. Because people just were skipping words entirely and they were just like, mm -hmm. I command thee stop, 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 stop. Like basically they're just yelling stop at them and thinking yeah. that's a spell. Um, so I guess that's what I would kind of suggest to focus on and focus on what can affect you when uh, how you can synergize with your team. Uh, I guess this can almost go under hidden gem abilities. It's not an ability of your own, but getting enlightened soul is pretty awesome. <laughs> An E soul assassin is really fun to play as. I mean, uh, out to things that can rip you out at that point is you, you cut down that by a significant margin. Yeah. Uh... It's hilarious when somebody tries to do one of those to you and go, nope, you sold, and you just keep running. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is it... It's, it's basically... So tracking would still work on you. This is specifically says verbal magic, and tracking, tracking is extraordinary. Yep. Yeah. Tracking works. Yeah. Nothing much else. Just keep coming back to that scout getting to track you out. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie, what are... Jamie said, yes, make him play scout. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, what are some skills you want to focus to get better on? It was queued up to the wrong thing. My camera, oh no. I ate my dinner. It was wonderful. Uh, <laughs> eat dinner, kids. That is what makes you more powerful when you go to play Amp Guard. Yeah. Plenty <laughs> of juice. Um, to juice no uh so ultimately uh, i've said this I, a bunch of times i'll say it again go hit the treadmill <laughs> uh 
get your get your cardio up and you will just have a better time in general in all of the fighting aspects that you do because the more time you can spend on the field the better you get because you have to take less breaks mm-hmm. spend more time on it's just more practice um obviously it's not a requirement to play this game but as this game keeps evolving and changing it's becoming more athletic and more sporty and more you know combat heavy apparently i keep flipping between muted colors and not on my screen so that's interesting to see mm-hmm. sorry i'm distracted by watching myself uh, have that happen <clears throat> Anyhow, uh, that's not the fun one, and nobody wants to do that because that involves fitness and like going to work out or something. <laughs> so to give you one that's more, uh, I guess, feasible for anybody who wants to do it, if you want to work on improving your ability to play the class or just getting better at it in general, uh, being very familiar with your uh, Shadow Step or Blink mm-hmm. is probably my most important spell and the thing that keeps me going more so than cardio would keeping myself safe and involved and in the game and protected from magic if i don't have magical support right uh, so if you're running solo if you don't have esol or like pro magic or something this is a great way to keep yourself from just getting casted down when you're on your way to go do whatever it is that you're going to do as an assassin so be very comfortable know which one to use when and the only way you can practice this in my opinion is to go and actually be involved in games and being in situations where you are the target of Mm -hmm. spells or abilities even so much as to protect yourself from projectiles if you see an archer who's going to shoot you being able to jump in substantial and having it kind of queued up before it hits you and just identifying the timing and and don't be afraid to be generous on this um i you don't want to fall into the i'm just being a wiener about the timing if it's close you don't have to be like nah man i definitely was in substantial before it hits you if it's close it's close mm-hmm. you, the tie can go to them instead sometimes it's like it doesn't have to be every time just you know figure out where you know i vanish from sight okay i didn't finish sight like that's mm-hmm. fine you know but again another pro to uh, wearing armor then at True. least if you screwed it up you can eat that arrow and this is a great way to again this is why armor is important is it gives you more time on field uh, yes. a lot of my suggestion is get as much time playing as you can because you get to develop your skills more by being in the situations more often so Mm -hmm. um but yeah there you go so cardio the elliptical is good if you have bad knees i have to do that now my shin like keeps getting hurt when i run so now i have to like low impact hurting yourself jamie uh my elbow just recovered finally from when ty was here that took forever your body is gonna be on display in some museum after this of like this is what a body that went through hell looks like it just it's just dumb. The last, uh, it's 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 dumb. It it just keeps I keep getting hurt. But there are alternatives if you do have medical issues that you can do to still gain physicality on the field, like mm-hmm. low impact exercises. Swimming can be a wonderful one, oh, yeah. especially uh, for being overweight or whatever. It can I guess technically be hard on like some of your like like ankle joints or something. I don't know if I if I've heard that somewhere. I don't know if that's true or not, but. If, if running's too hard, don't do it. You can go swim. Swimming's awesome. It mm-hmm. takes a lot of the weight off. Or um, like the elliptical, again, has been great. I love it. Love it, love it, love it. So anyways, cardio and learn your spells. Uh, blink and shadow step specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morty, what are some things you use to get better at? Or skills you need to focus on to get better? You know, this is, a, uh, this is one of the melee classes. So getting good with your stick. Mm-hmm. That's... That's what I had in uh, for this one, you know. Just <laughs> you can't have a shield, so why not fight flow? Learn mm-hmm. how to fight 
on that other side. You know, if you learn how to fight left-handed, if you're right-handed, then you can throw with your right hand and still be relatively decent with your left hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's all I had for that for this. Uh... I mean, it, it's it's especially when you have throwies. Very few people can throw with their off hand effectively. So having to throw with your main hand makes that offhand sword so much more important. Learning to be able to fight with your either your left or your right, whatever's your offhand, get better. Um, damn it! What are some uh, things you focus on to get better? Uh, Florentine. It's just <laughs> it's going to be the weapon style for melee that you're probably going to be doing, other than that single sword. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those two things. Um. Uh, utilizing a just practicing with a bow at some point, like in battle games, uh, you're a projectile heavy class, including like throwing weapons. Like it's just useful. Like you could just take time to just utilize those primarily in a few games, just to try to get more experience. Like where on the ground would you have to hit to get something to bounce under a shield? Stuff like that. Yeah. Can you like walk and? kind of be unassuming having a loaded crossbow waiting for it to see like the side of somebody with a board so like if they're holding like their board and then like, you see like this opening here just peg them with the crossbow once they look away mm-hmm. um stuff like that to look into uh cardio is important obviously <laughs> um making sure that you can get your charge and cant off very importantly to make sure that you can keep poison up for when you're fighting in melee yep um like when I first started getting really serious, when I had time at work, I would just go through the charge and cant on repeat. Because, mm-hmm. like, hey, if you play another class, like, you just have to do it more. But I don't advise doing, like, charging, like, evoker and stuff like that for your <laughs> elemental barrage, like, two to three times in a game. You'll be winded. Um, Other class, but still charge and cant, which is yeah. variable in, like, all classes in Ampguard that have charge abilities i think um is it just barbarian that doesn't have a charge ability i think it's just barbarian yeah it's just barbarian yeah as far as i understand yeah yeah why didn't barbarian get a buff fucking scouts (laughs) they should get something they should i agree yeah recharge also death (laughs) i would love it dude are you kidding me i would go and die and then recharge that thing or, i don't care about for 10 minutes i'm coming back i'm gonna die and do it again it'd be great like the brutal strike yeah i mean really yeah but one different. of the two yeah there's but, options yeah that's uh different thing but yeah also like one thing i noticed for small throwing like if you have more of a puck size thing and mm-hmm. if, like what i like to do is i have more shuriken ish style where i it looks like almost a little cross with little half inch nubs like four of them mm-hmm. which this is something that you might find out that if you put backspin on something when you're throwing it under, it'll more likely to pop up, especially if you make them more bouncy. So mm-hmm. it it does like fun things where you can just like fling it quick, have like your middle or forefinger or whatever, put backspin while you're throwing it to give it a little bit more accuracy. But of course that depends on how you're building your weapons, which right. can be another skill to focus on. Like, um the silicon the not harding silicon cocking uh throwing weapons that you can make like there's i guess i could go into that like a lot i 
spent a lot of time messing with my throwing weapons. Um, but like, if you're wanting to throw things, looking into like what technology is out there, um, focusing on what you want the projectile to do within the realm of the rules, mm -hmm. and um, kind of building your style of utilizing that tech that you have created um, to actually pull off what you're trying to do with it. Yeah. Is like another thing that would help you. Because out of like all the weapons and stuff that we have in this game, like it's a class battle. So it's not like everyone's just using like, like you're, a short sword's a short sword. Mm -hmm. You can build them lighter and stuff like that. But like throwing weapons, there's a lot of variability you can make in them. Yes. And it's key to assassin as in we have the most access to them. Mm -hmm. And we have light thrown. Which, of course, like if you just have like a little like disc if you throw it and you don't have any form of spin and stuff like that depending on the range it'll start curving or flopping over yeah. more frequently which that'll probably give you like a worse time with throwing weapons spears like um the 10 things that are the gamma all foam. Balls? yeah the gamma ones um those are nice they're spherical but they're also bigger and not as streamlined mm -hmm. um and they're not as buddy against armor Right, you've got to make. I mean, that that's a whole other skill set to practice and, and to yeah. work on. That's something to focus on is making your throwies a accurate, b safe. Well, a safe, b accurate, and c, uh, they're they're able to be felt through armor. I know I just made some javelins that are heavier than my swords, mainly because I want them to hit the armor, and you're gonna feel it. They've got a lot of safety padding and stuff on them, but like if that javelin's too light, you're gonna throw it, and the wind's gonna. And Same with your throwies, don't, your little ones. Don't, yeah, and don't be afraid to put, like, a denser foam as, like, the base on it and then just put mm -hmm. a softer foam on the edge. Not, like, open cell foam, but, like, uh, it, you can get, like, a lighter, like, EVA-type foam that's, mm -hmm. like, probably in, like, the 1.5 to 1.7 or, like, a little softer than, like, your sword foam. Mm -hmm. And that'll cushion the blow. Like, you can use, like, the 4-pound foam, but that's getting more into, like, the tech of, yeah. like, building things. But it is an important thing for someone who's, at least building their own gear and playing assassin, I mm -hmm. feel. Because, um, yeah, if you're, like, just hucking a terrible throwing weapon that <laughs> isn't doing things like flopping over and stuff, you won't be able to necessarily build a good skill set. And then you also want right. to make sure you have consistency within your projectiles so then you actually know where things are going. Yep. I uh, guess I. That's, that's a key tangent that I kind of went on. No, you're good, you're uh, good. But yeah. It's uh, it's important to to know your equipment, especially if you're the one making it. Um, all right, let's move on to the next question because uh, I know we're coming up on Jamie's timeline. So, uh, what are some weaknesses you need to be aware of? Let's start with Jamie on this one. Um, well, I guess weaknesses for the class is just kind of understanding the interactions between you and other classes, like what happens if you are getting um, uh, break concentrationed. Mm-hmm. You know, how does that affect you as a class versus what usually is a primary counter for other casters, for example? Uh, looking into uh, understanding like these good matchups again, but matchups always come down to you have to understand your level of skill versus another player's level of skill on mm -hmm. top of understanding what class matchup happens as well. Right. Um, his fighting skill does matter, but like, okay, let's say Magnus is better than Tim in this instance, but Tim has two points of armor and Magnus is unarmored. 
is this now a matchup that is feasible for Tim to win on a regular enough basis mm -hmm. to engage this opponent? It doesn't really matter what the class is anymore. This is just even equipment. And then you can then start taking into, I mean, assuming, let's say Tim is playing the assassin. I guess that was assassin v. assassin for whatever, but <laughs> it could be a, a barbarian. It doesn't matter, whatever it is. So judging that and knowing where you fit on the field is important because it can become a weakness if you overestimate or underestimate your class's right. ability to match up against the warrior. Mm -hmm. For so it, it's kind of broad. It's not. I I don't think the class honestly has a ton of weaknesses. So I'm curious to hear if other people feel differently. I'm mostly just nah, never worried about anything. <laughs> I just I just cool. Uh, I mean, nothing you can't run away from. I guess you know, like oh no, this is a thing. That I don't want to deal with. There's like eight people. Okay, I'll leave. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah. That's I I I hate not having like real content for stuff, but in this case, I don't know that there is much of a weakness to the class. I mean that that's kind of a a good. Th I don't know if it's a completely good thing for the balance of the game, but it's it's a good thing for the class definitely. Like I, I guess you call the you could call it a weakness of just in its balance. Yeah. Right. Like it doesn't get a shield. It doesn't get more than two points of armor, right? Like, mm -hmm. but I don't even count that as a weakness. It's just a reality of this is what the class gets mm -hmm. as the class. So, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Mordecai, what's some weaknesses you see? A good question, because I literally <laughs> wrote down there is no weakness. Perfect class. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. All right. If anything, the fact that it doesn't have much armor, I guess, is the only thing I could think of. I really don't think that's really a weakness, though. I mean, you still get the potential of one slough point while you're trying to do one of your escapes, or mm -hmm. you know, if they hit you just in time before you could run. Yeah. But, I mean, it's. Yeah, I'm, I'm in... yeah, you guys are well set up. I mean, the only weakness you have is a scout's ability to track you and that's kind of negated by the fact that they have two and you have six and they have to charge it back up to use it again like eh and then it just comes down to the matchups like Jamie said um, Timmy do you see any weaknesses uh, I'd prefer if uh, good old hold person was ambulant to go in line with a lot of the other abilities um <laughs> but that could push it a little too far but other than like just all the counters that are just built into the game to counter insubstantial in general not really mm -hmm. like, they're not weaknesses they're just counters which you need for any class ability mm -hmm. i mean you want to be aware of them like you yeah. want to be aware of the dimensional rift in can't you want to be aware of the banish oh, and can't but like they're not destroying your class wholesale yeah. I mean, especially dimensional rift it's only per refresh there's no way to make it better yeah. than that like oh it's per refresh charge times 10 well they're not going to use it more than four times maybe max yeah and like banish isn't even that terrifying it's like ooh, you used one of my six in sub abilities i just get a go back to base i'm so terrified yeah <laughs> Yeah. Tracking, on the other hand, can definitely, uh, in the wrong situation, be very terrifying. If it's used strategic, I mean, most abilities, if you yeah. use them strategically, they're going to change. They're going to be fundamentally good. But tracking has that ability that if they are using it correctly, 
they're going to screw you over a little bit more than you could be prepared for if they're being tactically sound. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, And people don't usually use their G release on like an assassin necessarily. Yeah. It's better on cursed (laughs) or I guess that's another, but another thing like, it is a thing like most people don't mm-hmm. see the like they see the frozen warrior on their team as a higher priority than the run by assassin that's insubstantial they'd rather get that warrior back up and running than take that assassin out of insubstantial with that uh per refresh ability so yeah it's a bit of a trade magnus you see any weaknesses so not not a whole lot within the class kit itself it does come down uh similar similar in a way that jamie said kind of like the matchups that you see mm-hmm. uh knowing when to go in and when not to go in and you know are, are you able to take on what you see in front of you mm-hmm. uh, i'd say you know this kind of also goes into play with like either common mistakes to avoid or the three like things that you wish you knew when you started playing assassin uh mm-hmm. When I first started playing, I definitely bit off more than I could chew on more than one occasion. <laughs> uh, I mean, you can say that pretty much about any class, really, but there there have been some matchups where it's like, oh, I can go in and win, and nope, I can't, and then, then I, I die. Um, they, they can be very, very good in one-on-one scenarios, but then there's other times where, you know, you just need to know. It, it comes down to having just a vast knowledge of the game overall, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of what can this person do or what can what can happen or even down to your target um so some of you may know steve tom gutenberg mm-hmm. very fast person uh yep yeah i charged him one time like oh i'm gonna be able to reach him in time uh well he's also very good at quick incants and i got icy blasts and then i got shattered and <laughs> You know, I I was confident enough that I could have made it there first. Uh, looking back on it now, it's like what I could have done is as an icy blast is going off, I could have shadow step, mm-hmm. gotten out, and then proceeded to chase after him. Right. But I did that and I died. So. I mean, that's that was experience then. Blast kit itself, though. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a well built class. I mean, it, there's there's. Oh. And as Jamie said, they're they're thinking about doing buffs to it within the next one as well. And you're on no, mute. Yeah, there you go. Not, not not on this next. Uh, no, this this, this V9, right yeah. V nine is a joke. Just update V eight. Give us eight point five or well, eight point seven or eight point eight, whatever they, they want to call it. They just asked the question in I think the most recent survey. What do you expect V nine to be? And one of the answers was V eight point five. And uh, I haven't got to see the results of that one yet because I'm not on the V9 committee. I'm just in some of the focus groups. But I'm guessing there's a decent chunk of people that are just like, we want V8.5. We don't want a whole new game set. We like V8. It'd be so hard to to write a better game than what V8 is right now. I mean, without professional like game designers that are being it was such paid. A tr- exactly. It was such a tremendous improvement from 7.7 that like maybe there's some improvements to be made but that's an update yeah yeah it, v- it, v9 is like rewriting the whole game and you're not going to rework it from where it's at right now mm-hmm. to be the same kind of impactful thing that 7.7 to v8 was well i don't think anybody i really don't hope anybody expects that that is that well, is the amount of rewriting change. that v9 seems to be is uh 
is pretty wild, at it's, least from the stuff that I've seen. I'm just like, mm, it's a lot much. of data from what I've seen is, is as much data, uh, like getting information as much as possible, finding out what people like, dislike. And I know there are some things that are going to be bigger changes if the focus groups are anything to go on. Um, but other things are just like, it works. There's no reason to change it. Like we like this and this and this, we just don't like this one aspect of it. So we're going to flip it and change it. And it'll, you know, cascade to change this 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 and the other thing but we are, we're really only changing like the frozen state by a little bit or only changing this little tweak or rule whatever so i think in my opinion i think v9 is going to be close to a v8.5 but we'll see where they go where where Woon Joe decides to go with that whole that whole deal um as he is the director of the the whole v9 setup um okay so we are now on to the most important question, in my opinion, on this whole uh, whole podcast, which is how to get better or stay good and not ruin people's fun. Because as Paragons, which was stated really by, uh, by Magnus, we have to be pillars of information. We have to teach. We have to not make people feel like they're trash so that they go home and don't want to come back. We need people to come play our game so we can teach them to be better and potentially better than us. So how to get better, not ruin people's fun. Um, let's start with Timid on this one. Uh, well, I would say uh, even if someone's just not armored in between the legs, don't just always go for that sort of an attack. <laughs> yep. Um, it can cause an unfun environment. Mm -hmm. uh, and then... Uh, if you're at like a park level and you have a lot of new players, and if you were to do the um, focus on the uh, easier targets too much, I could see that that could cause an issue with retention. Mm -hmm. But that's like park level, and if you're just doing like a general game and you're not trying to like try hard it, it's not like it's Phoenix League, right? Or like a big like kingdom event that you're actually like really trying to go for for I guess some key points or something like that. Yeah, you've got yeah, to take like, into context what this is. Yeah. Like, also, I guess the whole phrase of don't be a dick, because even <laughs> if you can just, like, shoot someone at near point-blank range with a pistol crossbow, it doesn't mean that you should. Because it doesn't feel the most fun, and also, it could probably hurt you if it bounces back and you don't have armor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think those are some of the main points there. Lily, what are what are some ways to get better but not ruin people's fun, or stay good and not ruin people's fun? Um, so don't get too good in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, like all kidding aside, I mean, the better you get, the less fun this game can become. Um, I've made this joke several times, and it's more like a. Um, it's more of a personal complaint, but that's definitely interesting when you start getting good enough to have people not want to play with you in general. Uh, mm -hmm. This is more like a Warlord Sword Knight issue, I guess, and one that I've experienced um, plenty of times where I don't get invited to stuff because it's not fun for some of these people that are very new. So, all joking aside, and all seriousness, there is a certain level of skill 
that is great to achieve where you play well and you are proficient and you understand your skill and and you know how to do this and once you achieve that level of skill if you continue to push great at this is this i don't know what the number is but there's a number somewhere where you then understand how to ruin people's fun mm -hmm. so once you've established that you understand your class or your ability to play this game at that level it's now time to turn it down a little for mm -hmm. those new players at least for some of your day and this is almost always a park issue because i have no problem going to kingdom events and showing out that's what they're there for if you right. can travel across the country it's to show out with your friends or to try to make your own name for yourself while you play and you want to look good like this is how you get notoriety it's fun to feel like a badass it's mm -hmm. fun to feel great with this thing that we do i mean we've all put a lot of time into this and um so when you're at your park level, which is where you primarily get your practice for, let's say, your class-related stuff, one game. If there's going to be three games, play the one game hard. Okay. And then take a step back. You've got serious practice. Cool. And now you can go and do the other part, which is uplifting the people around you or goofing around or role-playing or teaching or all of that other stuff that helps increase your group's success rate. Mm -hmm. That's That's where it's at so if you find yourself at a position to go wow i'm really good at this and i can beat everybody okay it's time to take a step back that's okay once in a while sure let it out you want to practice so you're proficient when you go and when, when it matters at kingdom mm -hmm. but it just doesn't matter at park level fun is what matters at park level right and that's really hard if you are competitive to get away from yes uh, i've been there more than enough <laughs> um... time where the competition is as i've cared more about that than everything else and at this point it just doesn't matter. I even went so far as to ask my team, I'm like, hey, how much do we care about winning this game? What's our goal for the game? Are we are we trying real hard or or what are we doing? Are we going to do this thing where we goof around? Like me and Noah, uh, Megiddo, we will go questing in battle games. We make up our own quests and we tell the reader, hey, this game, ridiculous, but we're going to go do this quest and we're going to capture that person because that's their leader. That's not their leader. It, well, it is now, and that's our goal. And sometimes even to the extent where we've brought no weapons and we've been like diplomats or we've had a crazy circus and we've given circus performer names to everybody on the other team and sucked them into <laughs> our wandering show. You can find ways to make things crazy and fun and entertaining. Yeah. I I that's I just can't I can't stress it enough. So never get good. Never get good. But be okay. <laughs> Be good enough to be okay, but never get too good. Never get too good. Find find that spot, and you'll know what that spot is when you get there. Yeah. I think. Anyways, that's enough for me. Uh, Mordecai, what are what are some ways to get better but not ruin people's fun? I originally wanted to abstain from this question just because of the amount of people that have told me that I've ruined their fun. Uh, <laughs> but uh, things that I've tried to do is purposely nerf myself. Fight left-handed. Mm -hmm. Fight with only two arrows. Fight with, you know, just throw your throwies out, and then you can only throw them when you go and pick it back up. Um, I never really considered myself too competitive, but I wanted people to know that I was good at assassins, so mm -hmm. I did probably go a little overboard. Now that I've achieved that Paragon level, I could see what Lily was saying about you know trying to make sure it's a lot more fun in the park level. You know, so teaching people things, um, you know, just keep current with what the class can do. 
I don't think there's anything else to say. All right. And uh, that's the secret, though, right there. Well, you that... build you, the secret is to build them up because then you get better. So, like, don't get me right. wrong. I say, like, don't get too good. But my goal is to continuously grow no matter how good I've gotten. I want to continue mm -hmm. to push it and bring everybody up with you. That's the teaching part, right? You make mm -hmm. everyone else great. You tell them how to beat you, like, where you're weak or whatever. Now, suddenly, they can work on that and they can become better. That pushes you. And so you secretly are getting extra practice to become even better than you were by <laughs> making that better. All right. And uh, Charlie, what is what are some things you want to get or how to get better but not ruin people's fun? Yeah. So uh, the ways that I've done it uh, is kind of similar to what Morty had said is I will do games where it's like, all right, I'll have one game where I do just do all archery. You know, I'll have them in one, my one game. I go with my whole kit. But then another game, I might say, all right, I'm just single sword and I'll only do single sword or I will I'll bring five arrows out and if I run out of arrows I don't have a melee weapon I have to scramble and use my hold persons and use my you know all my kit to be effective uh one that I was trying to consider to do which I never got around to doing it actually going in with zero weapons like finding an objective based battle game at a park level and using just your uh using just your you know your blink your shadow step your teleport and use all of your insubstantial abilities to get around people and like kind of like you know spy stealth your way through without ever using a weapon uh capture the flag like, that's where it's it, at exactly like if you can do capture the flag like we had one where it was a uh, marshal where it was just uh it was ring the bell and i asked if i could go in with no weapons and ring the bell with my bare hands and you know that that was pretty dang fun <laughs> i managed to ring the bell a couple times too uh but like all the things like that there are ways that you can still challenge yourself and hopefully you know keep it fun for everybody else and a lot of it does come into too like it's fine to like you don't have to take every single game at a park level seriously uh yes showing that you're good at park if if you're at a level where you're already beating out your park then it comes down to like yeah if you can consistently beat out your park yeah cool it down if you're not at a level where you can beat out your park yet then you really shouldn't have anything to worry about because you know you still have competition there but once you get near like the top areas then tone yourself tone yourself down a bit and i do believe yes teaching at that point similar to what we already touched on as well teaching getting people to improve especially if they ask you um timing does come down though uh i had a game where somebody got upset i had killed them a couple of times and uh i came up and i was like hey like this is what i did this and this and they didn't want to hear it right at that point like mm -hmm. they they're like, no, I don't want you to hear this right now, and got kind of mad at me. And it's like, oh yeah, I just beat this person a few times, and now, now it's probably not the good time to be like, well, if you did this, but you know, I talked to them maybe an hour or two after the battle, and we talked about it, and more receptive stuff like that too. But yeah, that you use it as a time to teach, teach people to get better. You get better. Uh, give yourself certain challenges to make the game more challenging upon yourself is what I've seen as ways to improve. 
Right. And if someone gets in that position that they are frustrated with your, you keep killing them or you keep doing a combo or you keep doing something that leads them to frustration where, or death or whatever. If you are that person getting frustrated, the best way to find out how to beat that is go ask that person. 99% of the time, they know exactly how to defeat that thing that they're using on you. Like, um, I guarantee right now, if I kept getting killed by Jamie's fake, uh, fake to the top and then board side hip, which he likes doing, um, I can ask him, all right, how do I stop that? And you know exactly what I need to do to make it not happen. And then you know the answer to beat it again. Oh, no. Jamie tells me that. He still gets me with it. And now Ty is doing it to me. Thanks, Jamie. (laughs) Uh, Night stuff. No, I mean, so what we did touch on here, though, was was our perspective at a high skill level or presumed high skill level, right, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. of how to not ruin park days. But I don't know that it's necessarily the people that have gotten to this level, because we all generally understand what is or isn't going to make someone's day suck. What really matters here is when you're on the come up and mm-hmm. how to do this while you're still growing and not making it, it bad. Because my advice for all of us would be like, yes, we should play down some sure, you know, I'm very presumptuous of our skill levels, but whatever. We still also have to have fun. This mm-hmm. is a thing that we do for recreation and entertainment. And at a certain point, like it isn't very entertaining to go out and be like, well, okay, I guess I'm just going to play with a single sword and get shot by like 18 arrows and hit by all the pole arms. And, you know, that can become frustrating, which then makes it unfun for you, which then may lead to people taking it out on other people and having a bad day. And and that's obviously not what we want to do. So just remember to have fun. And um, the advice I would give to the young kids that are trying to push to get better is don't overdo the sneaky ass assassin things and what that ends up being is where they walk around the edge of battle with their head down like they're not playing or not involved or they're dead or like who Mm. fucking knows what they're doing and then they come up behind you and hit you and run away or do whatever or bragging or laughing about this kill that they got it's dishonorable-ish, right? We're all playing the mm-hmm. same game. Like, I've done it plenty of times where I look at the guy, and what I really should do personally on my end is just ask them, hey, are you in-game or are you alive? But when they are out of bounds or out of what seems to be the boundary of the game, it's mm-hmm. weird to ask them, like, hey, hey, bro, what you doing over there by the camp chairs? It, it gets kind of weird, so you just ignore them. You go and do your thing and you get killed, and, mm-hmm. and that can be very frustrating. So, like, I'm not saying don't do it because superior flanking and sneaky stuff is part of the game but just know that that does irritate people on the field and may drive them to have less fun do it a couple times sure do it to a couple different people maybe not always the same target like charlie's pointed out it's it's just something to keep in mind and that that was mm-hmm. on the come up because i think people on the come up need to play hard they need to practice this if they want to push right. themselves to get better it's not so much about restraining all of ourselves here in this chat and more about like, how does the person on the, the come up not the, wreck their marks? There's, there's a certain level of self like realization when you hit that point. Like I know definitely for at least a month or so, I was playing way too hard of a bard at ice Haven. Ice Haven's not a big park. It's we only had a couple people that were really going hard and I definitely uh, I definitely were was playing too hard for that level of park and I didn't realize it and it takes 
a certain point, and I think you have to go past it. You're going to make some people mad for a little bit before you find out, oh, I am actually to a certain level, unless you're really cocky. If you're really cocky, you think you're there now. Um, There's a few people like that, I'm sure. Yeah, but if you, you're going to make people mad for a little bit, and you have to realize what you're doing to make them mad. Like if you're controlling the field really well, because you understand battlefield strategies and tactics, and you're able to move around the field and pick and choose targets to, you know, fundamentally destroy their team, maybe tone it down a bit, or don't be the one to do those things yourself. Go get someone else to do it. Get the new player to be the hero. Like if you realize, Hey, if we take out that healer now, uh, the team will fall apart. Hey, new kid go. And just like, let, let kids let let kids let new players get experience and practice and and the ability to feel like the hero the big damn hero because that's ultimately what a lot of people want and it's great when you can give that opportunity to people especially when you get to like help them do it you get to run alongside them and and protect them a little bit and make them definitely the big damn hero while you're you know sidekick number one but got to celebrate the success of the people around you yes. so that they can feel great about what they're doing. Cause they get ultimately fun and recreation. They're here to have a good mm. time. I mean, honestly, it's, it really is nobody's responsibility when it gets down to it. Like it's not anyone here's job to make sure random person they don't know has a good time mm-hmm. in reality. Yeah. Um, the whole knighthood thing would say otherwise. And at that point, like there's some obligation to uphold that, but, in the grand scheme of things there it really isn't but that's now fun yeah so let's build everybody up it's more fun make everyone have some fun okay now on to a question that uh we've been touching on for the whole podcast and it's one that i i don't have an answer to like in all honesty it's a question that frustrates me but cursed is not taken correctly i want to say 60 percent of the time like, I, I feel like it's taken incorrectly more than half the time. And it's just not, people just get cursed and then forget about it or don't care about it. And especially in those games where it really matters, life pool games and, and games where people need to be resurrected, it matters a lot. And uh, we need to find a way to make it be taken more correctly. Um, what's your guys' take on this whole the fact that you guys have an ability that is straight up being ignored a decent chunk of the time. Let's start with Magnus. You're muted. Thank you. <laughs> so I think a uh, like I at a park level, I don't really see curse not being taken correctly. Uh, I'd even argue that. You know, even at larger park levels or like park meet days, like large events that are not kingdom yet, I don't see it happen as much. Mm. At kingdom, I, I can say that that I I have seen it happen here and there. I'm not sure how big of an issue it is because usually if I'm in an area where I'm assassinating people, unless I'm I, I shoot somebody within 20 feet, I'm I'm running. Like I'm mm. running away. I'm usually doing a hit and run or doing some sort of thing. And you know, a lot of this goes on to the hope of, well, I hope I hope these people are honorable. And mm-hmm. beyond that, it also comes on the hope of, I hope these people know the rules of the game. Uh, it shouldn't be the assassin's job to 
to police other people's actions with how they take something, whether or not they take it. It, mm-hmm. it technically should. Uh, not saying that it doesn't happen, though, because um, I have seen it happen a few times. I think a good way to go about doing it is you, you yell assassinate, uh, and you can say something like assassinate cursed. Um, mm-hmm. I think Jamie touched on it earlier, like assassinate your cursed or something along those lines so that they know that you just applied a status effect on them. You aren't just saying assassinate for the fun of it to be like, <laughs> haha, I got you. It's right. no, this has an actual game effect. You, you are cursed. You, you just became significantly harder to res. And you just really got to hope that that player takes it. Um, I have seen on a few occasions and the occasions I've seen, I can count on, on one hand and usually like the healer will run up and swift res the person or they'll summon them swift res do whatever mm-hmm. and you can just yell no 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 i curse them uh sometimes you know the healer didn't see that the person was cursed and right. they're running up trying to make a play and they'll do a swift res and then sometimes i've seen one where a player the player that i killed kind of gave a look and then ran off like a look at the healer and other times i've seen it where somebody's like no i you gotta I'm cursed. You gotta do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how big of a problem it is. I, I personally don't see it as much of a problem. And I think it's something that just comes down to people understanding the rules, people maintaining honor, and it not really being my place to determine whether or not they're being honorable. It's on them, on the Reeves, on, mm-hmm. on whatever. I'm, I'm If I'm actively playing in the battle game, I really... It's hard sometimes, because you can kill somebody, but... You, it's hard to be like, uh, I shouldn't actively be making calls on the field if I'm not a reef. Right. And I, I don't think this is people ignoring it on purpose. The majority of the yeah, time. Yeah, I don't I, think so either. I, I don't think it's, think it's forgetting. malicious at all. Like just yeah. straight up forgetting they were assassinated. Cause it is such a commonplace thing when there's a lot of assassins on the field. Every time an assassin kills somebody within 20 feet, they normally yeah. should be assassinated. So it's like a commonplace thing, but it should be, more actively taken or actively remembered um mordecai what are your thoughts well i wonder if saying it so often in the game if it just sort of makes you know people just kind of okay he's just saying Mm -hmm. you, you know like it's it's almost like you say it so often that they should realize that it has some sort of ability some sort of effect obviously but again, you say it so often. I mean, is there people who say it right after they hit people, like, and it doesn't actually even trigger, you know? So mm-hmm. making sure that the person is dead, looking at them, saying assassinate right in front of them, those are things I've tried before. But, you know, Magnus said it too. I don't really see it being an issue at park level. It's, it's more just the really big games when there's so much chaos going on anyway mm-hmm. this is a good question merrick i'd like to know what these other two have to say okay i think there's like a few potential issues um so one of them can lead into like a whole nother discussion which would be um deaths don't always matter in a lot of games yes so if you don't have something where you have like a middle ground of 45 seconds or something like that for all deaths or some like life count thing where actually healers are like useful in resurrecting and you just go run back, you like take the thing and you count to like 10 and you're back. Mm-hmm. Like you're not 
interacting with that particular ability, the cursed state is only really affecting things like maybe let's say a warrior um, at that point. So it's not necessarily clicking in people's heads is one thing that I would say. Mm-hmm. And also another like line of frustration is potentially an issue with communication between whomever you are at least attempting to kill because it might not be completely obvious like okay did you die am i just going to hit you and say assassinate in preemptive things of expecting you to die um where someone might not necessarily be as obvious to try to make sure you get that kill trigger off right if that makes sense yeah and that also comes to like if there are four or five people beating on someone mm-hmm. who who was the final kill that yeah. player has to make that call and that's sometimes really tricky even like um with like wounds kill uh if you're trying to do a wounds kill thing on someone so you like go throw and you're trying to do like let's say like a rap shot for like their ex- look seemingly exposed forearm mm-hmm. but they get the block and it feels like a hit but you just say like wounds kill assassinate if you don't actually hit them your wounds kill ability doesn't go off and you wouldn't have killed them you still have mm-hmm. your poison and stuff like that but it's like situations like that where i could see some person nearby that wouldn't necessarily like know how the interactions are supposed to play out um expect maybe think that assassins are just saying assassinate just to say assassinate if they haven't read that right. but like those two things i feel would be kind of two of the more root problems that could then lead into um behavior at like kingdom events and stuff like that mm-hmm. lily what's your take on it So it's all about like perception, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard to say how often someone's cheating you in general, whether it's intentional or unintentional, and that's even just in fighting, right? So at this stage in my personal amp guard career, I try to look at it like there's just a certain level of things that get missed, whether it's on purpose or not, and I mm. don't care whether it was purposeful or not purposeful because it's just part of the thing that we do because we're all human and we're not a computer game. Mm-hmm. That shit's just, just going to happen that way. Um, do I think that stuff is missed? Absolutely. Do I think the amount is 60%? Maybe. Maybe not. It's, it's hard to say. I have no math, right? The perception seems mm-hmm. like it's probably worse than it actually is. If I had to say what I thought, I think it's probably not that bad. But um, it also just depends, man. It's a harmless cheat. Like, I got assassinated. I didn't get assassinated. Eh. It, it, anyways, it's I can see where it's just like oh, that's mm-hmm. not that big a deal. I'm not like oh, like what's that really do? Like I'm just not getting res. I still my armor's still gone. I'm like oh, like what does this actually affect really? If I got the resurrect or people just don't correct the healer when they've resed them. They're like right. well, they already used their abilities. It's not that big a deal. Like whatever, yeah. I'll just keep going. I'll just keep I'll play. So if they are intentionally doing it, it's a pretty like yes, it's a very powerful ability, and in some game types, it can be very damning. But it's not every time. Like in the same some graph somewhere showing like well, how many times you actually play a life game that matters, and then how many people aren't actually taking it, and then how many of it's like accidental, and then it's just this. It's almost too stressful to worry about it, and in that regard. So like, I think to help mitigate it, like everybody said, we basically are just like saying you know, whatever, wounds kill, assassinate, you are cursed. And if they Mm -hmm. don't acknowledge it, you can try to be a little more like, hey, you're cursed. 
you know, whatever, or, you know, maybe they acknowledge it, maybe they don't, maybe you make eye contact, maybe you don't. Um, at park level, I've seen it missed tons when we had um, our regular somewhere between 30 and 60 people every weekend, mm -hmm. because it's piles of new people who just have no idea, or we get uh, piles across gamers that are coming from the DAG group, and they just don't know, because they didn't bother to read the rule book, or maybe they looked at it once however long ago and yeah. they don't care uh, they might ask like what does that do i'm like oh you, you're cursed what does that do i'm like it turns into this long conversation i'm like you just can't get rest bro okay don't worry about it or mm -hmm. just tell them you are cursed when you get to your spawn mm -hmm. and that lets them go back and they're like i am cursed and hopefully the person who's been playing long enough knows and it's less conversation while still getting the point across or they don't care and they just get rest anyways like okay cool thanks mm -hmm sweet and they keep going and it's it just, just doesn't matter too much so isn't a rampant issue I'm, I'm probably but it's unlimited so who cares it's different than like fight after death right like if we want to make a good comparison or an interesting comparison if i use my fight after death and i'm let's say courteous and someone gets kind of bowled over in the thing and i stop my count at like two you know one two oh oh jimmy are you okay i'm so sorry that you fell down let me check on you okay mm -hmm. i'm gonna return to play oh well you stopped counting so you're fucked on my twice per game yeah. per refresh ability that is aggravating that blows assassinate who gives a shit i'll just assassinate him again it just uh, like if we're being super frank about this like it's just it doesn't matter i can do it as much as i want Whereas other abilities and other classes are much more damning if they get cheated or not taken or something goofs up you're being a decent human being right. or whatever the case is, or somebody pulls some stunts. I think I talked about this in the barbarian one where a guy went in a fight after death and Megiddo had uh, told a young impressionable amp guarder, this guy that you should hug him if he goes in the fight after death and ask if they're okay. And when they get up, when they stop counting, you know, you make it like, Whoa, bro, I'm, I'm, are you okay? Are you okay? You were so mad. You were just yelling and counting and they go, we know I'm good. Like, Oh, okay, cool. Well, you broke your count. Sorry. And then you go back <laughs> oh, and fight. No. I, I did that at a uh, known world war. It was hilarious. Now don't get me wrong. Is it okay? Well, not really, but it was pretty funny. Uh, you know, and so anyways the, the point is is that like that's much more damning they get two of those that's pretty shitty assassin is just not in the same same grade i think that's probably why i don't care because who cares i, I could just do it a million times as many times as i want it's mm -hmm. you know it, so the reason i thought about it is because i've played backline a lot um especially doing battery bard i'll sit in that healer pool of resurrects and the time that people come back and say, hey, I'm cursed, the amount of times that that happens is a lot less than I expect, especially knowing who's on the field and the amount of, like, even if we're just giving, like, hey, one out of every 12 people coming back should be cursed because they were killed by an assassin. That That's a really, sure. like, average stat. That's not happening. And it's just... Yep. Oh, no, and you're, you're you're probably totally right, and and that's something that we don't see in the middle of the field how right. many are actually doing it, and but you don't also see how many times I've failed to say True. assassinate, right? I've screwed it up, or maybe I'm out of range, or maybe someone else got the kill, right? So it's yeah. it's hard to you know it's just it's just so hard to say it's, what the actual number is, but you're probably right. We have interesting math on this. Well, and that that's what I, like because our game is all or not all, but majority of our stuff is in our head. We don't see, 
you know, like drained skin and like dark veins coming off of you as cursed, or we don't have any of that thing. We don't have a little strip or anything that you apply to yourself. If you're cursed, just to remind yourself, you don't, we don't have any of those things. And so we need augmented reality. Okay. Well, sure. we all want that. That's <laughs> in the future. We'll yeah. wait for that later. Um, that would yeah, make all you assholes have to wear headgear like me. Perfect. Yes. Welcome to my world. Hey, I like your <laughs> headgear. I'm a fan yeah. of women's lacrosse helmets. Hey, man, the lady's got it right on this one. I've been growing out this ponytail so I can stick it through the ponytail slots. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> they have ponytail slots? Yeah, they, yeah do. they do. They do. Uh, that sounds awesome. You know, it can be like a Roman centurion or whatever with the dumb horsetail. I think that's right. I don't know. History. I'm just I got, this point. I got enough hair. I could yeah. do that. Yeah, exactly. It's... Um, <laughs> it would be interesting for Assassinate to add time onto someone's death count. Ooh. Ooh. So I've thought about that. Um, <laughs> like changing the way cursed works so that people remember it because currently yeah. it's just a hey resurrect doesn't work on you and especially in our quick battle games and most of the battle games that happen at park resurrect doesn't happen it's mostly just respawning because we want to yeah. keep fast quick games so those new players aren't trained to the aspect of hey i've been cursed i need to tell someone if they try to res me or try to even summon dead me because that's that's a spirit spell it doesn't work yeah. And remembering what it is. Because there is a, a lot of cursed that comes out on the field. Assassinate, super easy. Brutal Strike is one is uh one that's applied pretty readily. Um you've got several enchantments that apply it, which I think are taken more often because you have to sure. remember that it's there. Um but I don't know. I'd I'd love to see like a tally, like uh, just one of the keep on the battle game games we say hey if you have cursed please count how many times you applied it and then we'll also keep track of how many times people have taken it at respawn and just find out like a general statistic on it but that's um interesting you could even have healers encouraged to ask like did an assassin kill you you know that's not perfect right. but we'd start giving them like okay now there's actually a chance that this person was cursed and it could go with the next step like what did they assassinate you and now that's more work for the backline healer who obviously is already busy doing their backline healer thing mm -hmm. but in this format where you're talking about trying to get this data it would be interesting to get um the healers involved the assassins involved and you could start small scale with just like an individual or a couple individuals that purposely went out and played assassin with the the sole purpose of trying to get assassination get kills. Yeah, it it would be interesting. I'm, I mean, I'm down, but I'm over here, so it doesn't really help. I mean, I could just like ping some people around the country, be like, "Hey, keep track," and then ping. Uh, I don't know. It takes it takes a little bit of work to do it, but I'd be interested seeing how that those numbers work out. Mm -hmm. I like data. That's that's me though. I love yeah. data for Without data, Captain Picard would have never made it. Just saying. Yeah. Boomer jokes. I'm old. Yeah. yeah. You're like what, 32, 33? 32. Did you that just have to do point. math? I I thought I was 31 like for all of this year. <laughs> I I am not apparently. You just uh, didn't you're 20, 20. 2 to 3 years older than me depending on the time of year. Yeah, um, my mother came to visit and was like, "You're 32," and I was like, "Oh, oh god, COVID 2020 Weird. didn't count." Okay, um, let's move on to audience questions. 
Unless anybody, anybody has anything more on the cursed dilemma state. I don't know. Um, all right. So audience questions. Audience, if you would like to ask a question, please just unmute yourself and ask. Um, this up so I can actually see anybody else we have. Oh, it looks like we have a Maddox. If uh, Maddox has a question, otherwise we will move on to the constructive spicy takes. So Maddox, you got any questions? Nope. I will have a comment, then why not? Uh -huh. uh, it, was, it was from something earlier. I, I can't remember exactly what question because we've been here for three hours. But it was something along the lines of like um, how to improve and improving your stick skill improves your general ability to play the class. And, and that's pretty much solid across every single class. Mm -hmm. Right, You got to be good at fighting to do it. I think Assassin, however, is one of the special cases where new players can shine without a lot of stick skill sense being sneaky and doing that is so powerful mm -hmm. getting those skills from behind means you don't have to necessarily be so good at that if you're really good at positioning and understanding the other parts of your abilities to get into a position to backstab somebody or to run objectives as charlie's pointed out mm -hmm. we've had some some kids that are just like phenomenal track stars not good at fighting at all um, to where they've thrown down their sticks because they're like well, i'm not good at this but i can run so they get the point and they're the flag or whatever and they just sprint their way around mm -hmm. So it is interesting that I, I think it's one of the, not exceptions, but it's one that you can get away with being a little less stick heavy um, because of the throwing weapons or shooting a bow or just there's so many options on how to play it in a way that you can be successful. I, I just thought that was kind of neat, a little contrary to the, the norm of get good at stick fighting to be successful. Right. It is fun to play track star. <laughs> Here we go. I guess we're running again. Just run. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, no. I, yeah, it's it's... Like it I'm, is 260 and I can run pretty fast and it's it's fun as heck. It's, well, you get all that you get that weight in motion and it just keeps going. That's right, man. That's how I keep my legs nice and strong. Yeah, I carry all this extra weight. Just oh, Dizzy running. does it, man. Dizzy just gets going, he never stops. Just keeps <laughs> sprinting. Big boy. Uh, do we have any constructive spicy takes? I say constructive because my first episode had spicy takes and some of them were not constructive. So uh, we're going to go with constructive spicy takes on either Paragon, Assassin, whatever. Sure, I'll go. Okay. Uh, we already touched on it before. I know this is going to be a, a mini sparring match between Jamie and I about it, but that's okay. Uh, armor. Jamie's pro armor. I'm very much in the... Eh, you, there's so many outlets in the rules as written right now in our game, there's so many outlets to magic armor mm -hmm. that is seamless, zero gaps, zero weight, so I have extra mobility, mm -hmm. uh, has the same value as, as two-point armor. Mm -hmm. uh, some of it can even make me pro-flame if people want to be extra spicy with it and hand me an iron skin. Yep. Uh, or, you know, you can go lycanthropy, and now I have... Uh, I forget if it's breaking or crushing. I know it's one or the other. The other. I'm the always bad at the shield. definitions. There we go. I know I know it's shield, but I always forget if it's break or crush for the term. But yes. Mm -hmm. uh, having magical armor in our game right now that can be mended makes armor as a whole weaker. Uh, I would fully agree with Jamie if we change how magic armor works to then actually go out and buy myself a good set of two-point armor uh right now however there's 
there's so many advantages to magic armor that I really do not see a need to wear it. I wore armor once on my path to Paragon and it was really hot. And I said, yeah, no, not worth it. I'm just going to put on, you know, put on a ghillie suit or put on my, my garb and have my friendly druid friend over here give me, you know, lycanthropy or bark skin or stone skin or iron skin. And I'm just as well off that way. And it hadn't been an issue at all. That's, that's my whole constructive spicy take is hopefully from this, I, I actually hope that magic armor gets a nerf. Like we need to hit it with some sort of nerf bat. Because as it is right now, it's hard to compete with. I mean, you're probably right to some extent. Like, I, I don't really disagree with you on magical armor being this very versatile and powerful uh, thing that you can do, especially on the classes that don't break like two points of armor, right? Mm. It's hard to compete with two points of armor and some additional effects that make them very powerful. And you're talking about seamless, you know, seamless, no gaps, et cetera. You know, it's not as hot. You know, blah blah blah. Lots of lots of positives, but I think there's unseen or less, uh, unless you think about it, positives to physical armor that, for me, outweighs some of the idea of wearing magical armor. One, well, okay. First off, I have to go and find a druid buddy who wants to give me enchantments in the first place, mm-hmm. right? I'm now subjected to the ability to get dispelled. And that can absolutely bone you while you're out in the field. And then you got to get the enchantments again, which means it's a lot of running back and forth. And you're just out of combat longer while you're re-getting enchanted or dealing with that. Or you have to stop your press because you may get disenchanted in the middle of doing something that you're doing. So like, there's just another thing to be mindful of outside of, I'm just wearing my armor and they basically can't affect it. I mean, it's not totally true. I guess I could get a pyrotech next, right? And have all my equipment destroyed. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's like one very specific thing. And like okay the other like small bonus like let's say you build a kit that is very comfortable and that is for you and this isn't what everybody wants to do because not everybody's crafty and not everyone wants to make their own armor and like i get it i've been here now and i have made my own armor and it's still kind of hodgepodge of whatever but some of it is stellar Mm -hmm. my uh my lamellar brig thing that i made with noah that ends up being like five points weighs four pounds and like okay who cares i can wear it for whatever class i need to wear it for and it's spectacular it's stellar mm-hmm. it doesn't really weigh anything it uh disperses the heat just fine uh, no big deal and what it really does do and this is one of those hidden benefits is when i get stabbed hard in the stomach or the chest with a pole i don't care i had noah hit me with a uh it's like a 24 ounce hammer to test the armor <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. So like, it's a small benefit. It's not like a, an actual functional benefit that makes it better necessarily than magical armor. However, if you get heaved in the balls and you weren't wearing armor or, <laughs> That's heaved, you know, or heaved in the solar plexus or something, it may stop your press. Whereas physical armor actually does what it's supposed to and protects you from harm to some degree, depending on how it's built and blah, blah, blah. And in this case, mm-hmm. I've made the armor to do the thing that it's supposed to do. And I don't have to stop moving forward when I get stabbed by this pole. I can push through the pole on my chest mm-hmm. because who cares, you know? And, and that's something that is an unthought about or not necessarily seen advantage over like magical armor that I, that I personally like, again, I agree with you. Magical armor is stellar and probably has more obvious benefits. Um, just like you've listed here between like pro flame, et cetera, ancestral, yeah. et cetera mendable yeah. etc like and it probably doesn't need a nerf like really um yeah but there are some things about 
armor that are pretty neat. And even just protecting yourself from physical harm. I keep getting hurt. The armor has saved me on, I, I think, several occasions from some people that are swinging like uh, freight trains. Um, so like just my wrists and things like that when I'm actually wearing armor with real coverage, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Again, it, it is hot. It can be heavy. Uh, I've got like a 40 pound thing of chain mail that I don't wear because it's 40 pounds and it's awful. I would never suggest it. <laughs> but I have it and it's a thing. And it's, you know, yay. So, but anyways, that's that's my my only small counter. And it's not even a counter. It's just a, yeah. a thing to be mindful of mm. if you were going to make the decision. Because you know what sucks about physical armor? I have to travel with it. It's pain in the ass. Yeah. That's you know, like bad. that's a negative. Like that's like if I have to go out of state or something, like let's say I fly, I'm not taking my armor. Like most of the time, I have done it before, but like it it sucks. That's a whole other bag. That's more money. That's it's a never ending cost. So mm-hmm. yeah, I it's... think. Uh, oh, sorry. Um, I think for for the argument of dispel, I think dispel specifically on a paragon, unless you see like a druid dressed up like Macho Man Randy Savage with all the strips <laughs> on them that where they can do the super quick one. Um, if you have enough awareness, you should be able to pop into some insubstantial state. Well, and you know, and I agree with you um, mostly on this. However, we got to talk about like the average player, right? Yeah. No, I, and... I hear you, and it would still stop your press because then you're also spent. You're still spending time hopping, hopping in into insubstantial and then hopping out. So you are right on the press part, but. Or you I didn't mean to cut you off there. I wanted to make sure I got my thought before I forgot. <laughs> no, and I, I, again, I don't necessarily think you're wrong. There are pros and cons to saying, well, yeah. they're going to dispel me. Do I just continue to go forward and get them while they're casting? I might get mm-hmm. dispelled anyways, but that can almost trap a spellcaster into wanting to finish the dispel more so than their life. And there could be some pros and cons to getting people to use their spells on you that they may not have used otherwise had you not been wearing magical armor. There's, I mean, so currently I think the break point of our version of magical armor versus physical armor is too high. If I think magic armor should break point closer to two points or one point, then the benefits of physical armor and stuff because currently most people don't want to make or take physical armor unless it's like four points or more so warriors obviously physical armor all day long barbarians sometimes um but they can't get enchantments so they're more common scouts when i do see them on the field it's still a lot more often they are not wearing our all their armor and things like that because it is a weightless, seemingly free, a lot of benefits, magic armor, a lot of the initial benefits seem better than the downfalls of the physical armor. And mechanically, like if we're just looking at how physical armor versus magical armor works in our game, mechanically, physical armor and magical armor are almost the same thing besides like, hey, this weighs nothing, or mechanically, this can be... um dispelled and changed but also have extra effects tossed on it almost easier than something with physical armor but the physical armor does come back with every single life you get back which is 
repeatability of use, yeah. especially if you're if you're taking a lot of deaths. If it's a game that you know you're gonna die, come back, die, come back, that physical armor is gonna make itself worth it. Like even one point. I've got a Gambison that is guaranteed one point, sometimes two points. And like I'll toss that on most of the time because it's it's just a vest, but that's one point on my chest. That gets me where I need to go. It's it's just enough to to get me there. Um yeah, an argument I was going to make was for physical armor. If you're going a ranged class, that's going to be a primarily a bow user. Having one point armor just to oh, yeah. stop enemy arrows can be worth the investment. Mm -hmm. Can confirm mm -hmm. one point is great. Yeah. I mean, and there's the argument. It's either one or four or don't bother. Yeah. yeah I mean, or what, like, why, why go to, why wear anything other than a gambeson like at one point mm -hmm. if you know you're just gonna get crushed or braked or arrowed or whatever there's there's a school of thought for this i don't know that i totally agree with that school of thought because more points means that throwy didn't take all my points or mm -hmm. the random hit from the random kid who was behind me didn't kill me or, or take my only set of armor but but there's something to be said about it you know four or more or one or less or one or none or whatever yeah. there's the, well, if you had ancestral i wish you've got ancestral sure but you know and, and then you have to get ancestral and it's yeah. uh, like i guess you're playing warrior it, you know why well, there's more uses of ancestral magical armor than there are of ancestral armor that you can hand off to someone with physical armor so yeah. it automatically makes the magic armor feel like it has an advantage because most of the time you get it it has ancestral or it has extra benefits just thrown on top like hey you're a muted command go fuck up a bard um yeah like it's I I think it needs to be nerfed. I like the change, the proposed change of mend does not work on magic armor. Um I dig that idea a lot. The it just fundamentally changes that mend doesn't work. Greater mend still works, Spadoinkle still works, or that's word of mending. Um They were going to do it. Okay. I gu I guess the only thing I would feel bad about is like Avatar in nature. And not that like that's it just hurts it quite a bit, right? Doesn't it? Yeah. Like, like a lot, a lot. Like it's been yeah. so long since I've even bothered to look at Druid or think about Druid. Basically, when I went, ah, oh, okay, this is probably the best class in the game. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna avoid that and be a hipster and not play it. Um, it's been it's been too long, so I couldn't tell you what actually affects it at this point and how they can affect themselves to play Avatar Nature. And assuming they can even still mend themselves, I guess I, I don't know at this I, point. I, it's been too long. Especially, can, but it would also the other thing that it would really affect would be buddy druid oh yeah that would screw that up buddy druid would be like the primary like if you wanted something that's like absurdly broken druid related buddy druid because then you circumvent all of the limitations of self-casting enchantments on yourself by just saying all right hey other level six druid we're both running this list excellent I cast this on you, you cast this on me, we all have our stack of mends that we can just mend ourselves, and you just go to town. Yeah, so I guess, like, it's not super rampant. Again, good dispel players can handle a lot of this anyways. Like, there are answers to the druids and the fact that dispel is so strong, or naturalized magic or whatever. I guess another druid gets to laugh at druids who are doing it. <laughs> but... And confirm fun. You know, it's 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 a lot of resources into one person that can get negated by like a singular spell, and they're putting a ton of resources across two players to do this thing. I'm like, why? You know, at a certain point, I don't know that. Like, I guess I agree. Men probably needs to be nerfed. And I guess the point I was going to get is, 
maybe a little rework on how this works in general instead of just like messing up mend maybe you just rework through it a little bit and find a way to make them uh able to still play this avatar in nature without having to suffer the oh well cool i can't actually mend myself or get mended by anybody well so the yeah. wizards and druids get greater mend um wizards or druids get word of wizards might also get it as well they get the the men the better men's um and those would still function not that they're going to be as usable because it's i mean they're still usable they're it's just going to be different because greater mend is all points in one location get fixed instead of doing that like a warrior of being like hey your breastplate goes from zero to six now it's hey your breastplate goes your your breastplate goes from zero to two which is different but not as effective it does kind of and i mean like at some points but word of mending is is even worse it feels like if you're not utilizing it to get as much things fixed because it is a a big spell um i guess I just, i've just had a different experience with it like i've never felt like oh man this magical armor is running rampant all over the place and there's just like no answer blah 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 yeah. like it's just this unbeatable there thing. are it's answers like, that, that you're 100 yeah. percent right dmag like is at, rampant <laughs> i mean at park day it's, it's very at a park level it's very easy to go okay they're playing this I guess I'm just going to, you know, make or I make sure somebody that is playing can do this. And even then, the the person designing the games, if I'm running the games, I need to balance this in a way where they have an answer for them. And if they don't, if no one's running Dispel Magic of any kind, any way to get rid of these enchantments, I go, hey, guys, this person's playing this. Do you want to rework your list a little bit so we can balance this? Because otherwise, this is what's going to happen, and you can all see that it's going to happen. Right. I'm just I'm being transparent for you. This isn't some sneaky gotcha moment. I hate that. Like, this is what they're doing. Would you like to do something about that? Yes mm. or no? No? Okay. Well, then they're going to do their thing. They're going to have fun. And you guys are going to get destroyed by this guy because you didn't bring any answers. I mean, I don't know. Also, a lot of other classes have CC that you could just permanently make them not be able to do anything. So even if you don't have DMAG, that's like another thing. But that's like an answer to most things and another reason why Druid's really strong. I mean, Druid yeah. has... Druid has the same um, synergy with itself that Warrior has with itself, which is a a much more complicated feat because Druid is a caster. And there are so many options on how to build that class. And they're all really pretty good. Like, there's only one or two ways to build it wrong, and it's still effective. There are definitely ways to build a healer, so it's useless. Like, it literally gets four spells. Like, there's a way to do that. There's a way to do it. You can't do it with Bard, but you can do it with Wizard and Healer. You can literally build a caster that gets, like, four spells total, and that's all they get because their subclasses or their archetypes restricted them too much. Druid doesn't really have that. Like, even if you do the, the all of the combo, if you, for some reason, do Ranger, Summoner, Avatar, Nature, you still get a handful of spells. You still yeah. get weapons. You still get a bunch. Like, it's just, it's weird, but it works technically. Um, it just probably needs a small rework, like, realistically. I don't know what the answer is again. Like, uh, at this point, COVID plus not playing it for so many <laughs> years. I'm in the loop. I mean, like, is, is it getting, is it nerfing Druid or is it bringing everything else up to that level of, co- of synergy? I feel like Druid is one of the 
tippy top classes in the whole game, arguably between, I mean, I love assassin. So I like to put it up there. Um, it's good, but like warrior and druid is the things. And, and again, warrior, uh, we, we talked about this before. I think warrior gets the backseat to it because it needs enlightened soul to compete at the same level that druid can do on its own by itself. Basically kind of, yeah. they get to run around. I mean, I, that's how I look at it. They have so many options and so many ways to be, that they can play this class. That like warrior is cool, but if they don't have enlightened soul, druid beats them. Like that, just you just icy blast them into oblivion. They yeah. don't get to play anymore. Kinda, like yeah. congratulations, like can, you, can you're not like like so that that's that's my point. Now one in a in this matchup, this class destroys the other class unless the other class has help. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just okay, cool. So druid's number one in my my opinion for that that basic reason. Um, and then it's like warrior, and then I I like assassin, so I'd probably put assassin as third. <laughs> but it is effective it's it's synergistic with itself uh it's low armor is probably it's only like downfall not quite it's just a balance point for it like it's not as widespread destructive as druid is because druid literally is the best class but it count druid counters itself so which is funny it, it's i like, mean but top, top classes do that that's even like in in card games yeah like you know some of the top decks counter each other which is hilarious it depends on the game that you're playing but mm-hmm. we're i know that we're sort of like into the weird off topic part of this thing which is why i'm like just kind of rambling about the other shit now but uh you know bard would probably be three realistically except the skill cap on this is so it's, high so i i'd say that bard has to be four or five because the micromanaging you have to do of yourself to be an effective bard is stupid ridiculous like so, there's no we, autopilot for bard. Well, a, a good well if we compare it to like uh, a League of Legends champion or whatever, or Magic or something like the top thing is still the top thing if the if you can utilize it being the top thing and sure. and bard can do that if you have the skill to do it. But I think the majority of people don't, and that would yeah. make it less good. I, I think that's but I think barbarian I, suffers from the opposite. There's so many people playing barbarian that aren't yeah. good at it. That when people are good at barbarian, people are like, "How did you do that with a class that's bad?" It's like it's not really, it's it's not great, but it's not that bad of a class. It's just not utilized. If you're playing a 15 minute game, it's stellar. It's a great yeah. class. Also, <laughs> as long as you're killing people, and if you're just getting wounded, like yeah. Yeah. you're just healing. So as long as you have good like good stick, and you can mill through people, it's like. Oh well, that I was get... a little, that was in the uh, barbarian uh, paragon mm-hmm. chat. It's a great pickup class. Like, oh, I didn't bring anything. I've got a sash and like a sword and a shield or two swords. You just cool. You just go jump in. Like, it's good. Adrenaline is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's it's great class to him. Like, it's it's hilarious. I, at least in that regard, it's only class that hasn't been leveled. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm gonna start it... leveling it now, but like. I, it can I, be fun. I wonder if, and because all of this, like you said earlier with the, the whole curse thing, it's all a lot of perception. I wonder if our perceptions of classes are affected by, or as greatly as we think, are affected by the players that play them. Like, Well, well sure. Just the fact that we've talked about Scout is bad or Barbarian is bad, there are enough people who say it that it's basically true whether it was mm-hmm. actually true or not right or in the same way for saying that druid is op or 
warriors op or whatever mm-hmm. right we all affect it to some degree by just talking about it and saying it you know yeah it's i'm just i i, I love data but i want to see like barbarian is the one that i think of the most but i think assassin suffers from it as well is some people are like well assassin doesn't do that much besides like go insubstantial i mean it it's a very large part of your class but it's not all it does and if you use the insubstantial state correctly it's terrifyingly devastating i mean increase kill potential yeah i mean it's Morty, a, such a creative ability if you're not creative you're not going to get much out of it if you right. just think about it, i'm oh, i'm insubstantial yeah well get get over that wall or get around this obstacle or get over this thing you know get yourself in a good position you know throw some things shoot a guy like i don't know it I kick mean, somebody it's randy is, uh, uh, mordecai is a perfect example of this he yells and screams and honks a little bike horn during an entire fight and there's no way you can ignore him you know where he's at that's a huge yep. distraction and he's insubstantial like i half the time even if i'm playing bard i'm like i've got a release i don't think it's worth it like he's got six per life popping back into insubstantial i've got releases for days but he's gonna be annoying like right like it's just uh i guess i can go and deal with that or and plenty of people do this you wouldn't be the only one it's not i'm not the only person to say it or think it they go nah yeah just Nope, I'll and go he, somewhere else. And then he punishes then us get, for it. Yeah, then you get killed. You just get killed from behind, and it sucks. It's you know, it's like, damn it. Well, I, uh, why? It's the um, it's the bike meme. You know, oh, yeah. like, like, oh, there's an assassin. Oh, yeah. Let me just put this like stick, stick in my, in my spokes. Wheels. <laughs> like, what? Oh, no. Why did he do that? How, how, what happened? Uh, but it's it's like yeah. the fact that insubstantial is not a you can't see me or can't hear me it's a i'm ghostly that's the best change i could have made to that that's it's perfect god like teleport which was like the only thing back in v7 where you're like i'm not here not paying attention (laughs) you don't know and you got a role play that you don't see the people that are obviously teleporting behind you it was just a point of frustration Yep. There's just no way to not be frustrated by like, cool, I guess I'm about to die from behind and I have to pretend I don't know. Or then justify that like I heard them crack a stick or something behind me, which is why I spun around so fast to protect myself. V7 was dumb. So many problems with V7. Some of it was funny, but god. The ghostly effect is is nice. Yep. It's like, hey look, I'm phased into like a weird reality. And so anyways yeah yeah. uh and got anything else man do we have any other constructive spicy takes or questions from the audience on the whole uh if i may one thing with charlie and um uh lily the armor the armor situation i understand 100 percent you why you have your both your um pros and cons and personally, if I could find some armor that would do the same thing that you said, Lily, I would buy it in a fucking heartbeat. Right. That turns into like, a not all armor fit. That's Dizzy's uh, similar issue. Like getting something that fits him or you know that would work for him is is challenging. And then yeah, I mean, it's either you have to make it or you have to buy it. And 
Some of those kits are expensive. They are like I was a grand for the chess piece. I was looking at just the Lemelar plates, aluminum, and they're the the they're D. And it's for a hundred of them. I think it's like forty bucks. Then you got to put the time into actually like putting the lamellar together and everything else like that. That's a, that's a whole nother uh, ball of wax. How the fuck the hell do you do it? Mm-hmm. it yeah, it's, video. It's 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 tough. It takes a long time. It's like doing chain work. The people who are really good at that, like this meticulous little, I'm like. Uh, not necessarily <laughs> expensive, but holy cow. And I, I just worked on some lamellar uh, during COVID here, and I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. And I bought some of the plates, and I've got, I've got a couple, couple strips that are, that are wide enough for me and that go around me, but it's like the amount of money that it's going to take to just to get me a just the chess piece done up. Some of it's outrageous. A, a flex for some people, though. They're like, you know, let's look at my dollar bills, y'all, as you roll <laughs> out shiny as shit, looking like yeah. a, a sick warrior guy shining all over the place, blinding your foes. Blinding but, your uh, foes. And hey, tactical advantage to polished gear. Yeah, ag- agreed. And it's heat resistant. <laughs> oh, I, I, my uh, brother, uh, my brother Steve, not uh, Steve. Uh, his amp card name is Vadden. He had a, it started out as a flat, like foam amp guard, plain foam shield, similar to like how I have a strap shield. Uh, but over the years, instead of becoming concave, it became convex. Okay. And uh, the thing is, is that his shield cover was like an extremely like highly reflective uh, shield cover because he wanted it to look metal. Yeah. Well, now that it's that was becoming convex a little bit. Ah, so you're going with this. He he had a a light beam. So <laughs> if he was fighting people on a sunny day, he would accidentally and then eventually sometimes intentionally go <laughs> and shot him in the hit people. I have access. He'd, he'd only to... shot people in the face that he knew he could do it to without <laughs> them getting mad, but it was hilarious. I have access to a lot of reflective vinyl that I could just do up yep. a whole shield in. Or even if you were going at that level, you could just make a plastic dip shield. Yeah, I I like, mean, there's all kinds of fun to be had for sure. Yeah, because you could get a really reflective one, and then if you get like a thick enough board, and you just like make a nice like little concave thing to do a directional like focused mirror type <laughs> thing, and then you have like a really nice gloss finish on it. Uh, yeah, you could do really, really disgusting things with that. Dear God. I mean, do what you want. I'm making pretty stuff, but like, <laughs> that's funny. Not condoning blinding people with a uh, focused mirror shield. I just, Never. I mean, <laughs> what is it? Archimedes laser? Just call it that and just keep going. <laughs> and even better, you just get the little tassels on the side of it so that it draws people's attention oh to the movement. I mean, I'm not speaking terrible ideas at all. I, so, uh, Shion's shield with the tassels, whenever he does spins, and I, all of that, it's just, it's real pretty. It's just annoying. Oh, yeah. Very cool. 
All right. Do we have any other uh, spicy takes or questions um, about Assassin? No? All right. Then we're going to end it there. Uh, Pre-recorded America is going to roll us out. And uh, thank you all for joining us. And I, I don't know what the next episode is. I'll let you guys know. This has been another episode of The Paragon Path. If you liked what you heard or saw, please drop us a like and follow on YouTube or Spotify or Google Music or anywhere else that you can find us. We have a Facebook page on The Path that lets you know when we're recording, what you can join into, and what to expect next. We record these episodes live every other weekend on the Kingdom of Polaris Discord. Link is in the comments. If you'd like to learn more, please subscribe, comment, or just drop us a line. As always... Happy to see you on the field. See you next time.